Welcome to Two Beats Off Podcast. We got Full House tonight. Uh, we got MC and Steven, and Brandon Gepfer is joining us tonight. Hi, Brandon. Hey. Hey, how are you? Did you, by chance, listen to the new Brian Fallon solo record, Brandon? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I, it doesn't I, matter. I don't really like uh, Mr. Fallon. That's fine. You can weigh in. And I and I like that one song from Gaslight Anthem, and that's about it. Fair Which, enough. Sorry. I feel Which like one? that's like... What's that song? What's the popular one called? Yeah. Um, For what it's worth, I never really listened to the Gaslight Anthem, but uh, Steven made me listen to their one record, and I liked it more than I thought I would. It was the one before the popular one. Yeah. Uh, Sink or Swim, right? Sink or Swim, that's uh, it. Yeah, it's uh, 59 Sound, right? Yeah, Yeah. 59 Sound's the popular record. Yeah. That kind of made them big, right? Bigger. Yeah. How'd that song go? Um, Yeah, it's just like... 59 Sound. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one. Yeah, that, like, that was that's a good one. He called it homework because last week or whenever we recorded last, what did we talk about, Stephen? Oh, we talked about the new the new Code Orange record for a long time. Oh hell yeah! I I assigned it as like homework to see how it fit into their career, I guess. Um, Stephen, you made me listen to a lot more wrestling music than I ever expected to in my adult life. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I don't think I'm guessing you probably didn't like the Brian Fallon record that much, MC. Um, here was my review of the Brian Fallon record. I didn't think it was bad. I just, it's the exact record that I'm going to hear like a hundred times from literally forty percent of people in bands because of this quarantine. Like every dude, three, two out of five guys in every band are sitting around playing their acoustic guitar. Drummers included. Sorry, Steven, you probably have an acoustic guitar and you're writing a love ballad or something. And this is the <laughs> record that I'm going to hear a thousand times in the next like three months. Brandon, is this a good time to segue into 30 Days of Big B? Yeah, it's it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made it like eight days, I think. And oh, then are you done? I, I, I stopped. I, I ceased operations. <laughs> Well, like, I was doing these songs, and I have, like, uh, I got, like, an interface and, like a, like, a nice mic and all my shit, and then I was making half-assed songs, and I was like, well, why don't I just, like, actually record these and then send them to, like, people that might be in a future band with me, as opposed to just, like, releasing these, like, shitty fucking, like, two-minute songs. Yeah. All right. So. I didn't get any emails or anything. Oh, yeah, that's true. You didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I like, I'm with MC there. It's, I've, I've heard a lot of uh, quarantine people's songs so far, and it's just like, cool. Like, you're, you're literally, it's, it's the same song everyone's fucking writing right now. Yeah. And, the other thing is like, so I, 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 like I did with the Code Orange record, I went back and listened to other stuff because I was never a Code Orange fan. Uh, I went back and listened to a couple, well, the Gaslight Anthem record and the, his a few songs off of his first two albums. And I like the first one better. I like the second one a little bit less. And this one is more forgettable than the other two. Not that I don't think it's, there's decent songwriting. His lyrics are pretty creative, but it's just, I'm 
I'm a Gasoline Anthem super fan and a pretty big Brian Fallon fan. And even I'm like, I liked it, but it didn't. I don't know. It's going to take a bunch more spins for me. I was a little worried when I uh, I followed along with the lyrics on the first one. And I was like, if every single one of these songs is about his kids coloring on the floor, I'm not going to be able to relate to it at all. Yeah. Hey, now. When, when I'm not, you, I'm when not you saying li- that's bad, Stephen. <laughs> when you listen to that kind of music, you know, just like the singer-songwriter with an acoustic guitar, do you like it for its songwriting or do you like it for its lyrical content? Because to me, all that shit sucks. Like, it's just the same fucking chords over and over again. Right. And then they're singing about their kids or they're singing about, like, their wife or their boyfriend. And it's like... Yeah, if, if lyrically, it's cool. lyrically, you have to be fucking fantastic to like play just an acoustic guitar, in my opinion. Yeah, sure. there's a reason like a guy like Frank Turner excels at it because lyrically, he is a phenomenal writer. Like yeah. he has a way with words that is untouched by most in that field, and a lot of people try to get there and they're just not. Yeah, for sure. I I liked it, but I th- I thought it was a little repetitive. Like the songs kind of sounded exactly the same. I really like Twenty One Days. That song's like actually stuck in my head. But I don't. I think it's a combination of lyrics and songwriting. Is Twenty One Days about getting sober? No, so. no, that's Twenty Eight Days. I think it's a breakup, isn't it, Stephen, or something like that? A breakup. The Twenty One Days thing is like it takes Twenty One Days to build or break a habit. I remember that it was one of the first like three or four songs on the record. So, so it, yeah, is the, kind of, it is kind of like a sober song. The line's like 21 like a days. Person, a missing a person song. Yeah, it's like 21 days till I don't I don't miss you or something is the line. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, we talk about that a lot in management at work because, you know, training people, it takes 21 days to build a habit. So they got to be in the store for a month before they're ever, like, doing things routinely the way they should be. Was that real? Yeah, Absolutely. Are you gonna reference Brian Fallon and your future training? Sometimes? No, no, <laughs> no. Although, listen. So, <laughs> all right, listen to this song, and then you will get this company. No, so funny story. Um, I changed jobs back in November, and the like. I work at Lowe's now, or you know. Whatever. Oh, I thought you. Were, I thought you were at Wise too. I was. Um, oh, okay, but. Obviously, the employees at Lowe's skew older than the average employee at Wise, and it took the employees at Lowe's a solid, like, three and a half months to figure out that, like, oh, this guy's, like, in bands and does things outside of work that aren't, like, the normal adult things. And at Wise, it was, like, three days in, the kids were like, we found your Instagram. What's your band called? <laughs> and and oh, when, the, when the dudes at Lowe's <laughs> came at me with, like, so I see you're in a band, I'm like... You guys are really freaking slow on that. <laughs> I have two Facebook pages with my name on them, and like, it took you this long. But I don't know. Also, totally a breakup song, by the way. Is Just it? lyrics. Yeah, it's like a Google 20, lyrics. But yeah. that's actually a cooler tie-in than I thought, because the obviously the point is breaking the habit takes twenty-one days. Blah blah blah. But uh, now that I know it's a breakup song, it's a little less cool for me. Yeah, yeah cuz you're cuz you're stupid. Yeah. Cuz you're happily married, is that why? No. 
<laughs> that could be taken so many ways. Holy that was a very sad no. <laughs> <laughs> I have not had like human interaction with people I like in so long. Like I, I really feel bad laughing about that, but I also I can't stop laughing. <laughs> human interaction with people I like outside of my immediate household, I should say. Sorry, Lane. I was gonna say where, where's Lane on that one? Jeez. <laughs> Oh my! Uh, well, oh. Hold on, I had a topic. What was my topic? What was it? You mentioned something about a slumber party earlier. Yes. So I'm just curious. I'm not talking about adult life. I'm not talking like, oh, m- mom, Kim, this band sleepover, I booked them. You know, I'm talking about childhood sleepovers. What was a childhood sleepover like at the Gepfer residence? Well, I never, well, just to clarify, I didn't live with my parents when I started, like, booking shows and being in a band, so. Yeah. But, um, I don't, I'm trying to think of sleepovers at my house. What'd you do for breakfast? Uh, eggs, probably. Cereal. I don't know. I think my mom, I, my mom dished out cereal for us when we stayed over. It's the easiest thing. Yeah, I can't, I, it's not, it's not like burning something in my mind about breakfast when I was like 10 years old, sleeping over with a friend. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I do, I do, I do remember not at my house, but at someone else's house, I think I was like maybe seven or eight and I was like not really invited to like other people's functions at all so like was like my first like sleepover with a friend that i had when i went to school i can see that and uh, right and like literally like i think it was seven if i'm remembering correctly i i'm pretty sure but i peed the bed at seven years old at this kid's house (laughs) and it's like just the reaction of this this dude's dad was so fucking pissed off like he called my mom and I had to get picked up at like three o'clock in the morning because I peed in the bed. Imagine how much worse it would be if you were 27 and a grown adult and every time you drank beer and you fell asleep, you pissed yourself because I had a friend that did that. Oh, hell yeah. So one night he crashed and I woke him up the next morning. I was like, again, fake names to protect the bedwetters. I was like, James, did you piss yourself? And he just looks at me and he starts patting himself down, but he started like at his chest, like at his collarbone and started patting himself down. And when he got to his crotch, he was like, yep, I did. (laughs) Which in my mind implies that at some point in his life, he had pissed himself up onto his chest and got his whole fucking shirt (laughs) chest wet. Why else would he start up top? Yeah. Yeah. Why would he? Oh, that's weird. Which... I never forget, like, I laughed about that. So I laughed at him so long about it that day. He also had to ride his motorcycle home that day, like, with piss pants. And, um, <laughs> now, which, the, only thing I'm, the only thing I'm thinking about right now is, like, all of your friends that ride motorcycles. And dude, this, this, was, this was a long time ago. He lives in California now. I'll find out who it is. Um, <laughs> I, knew, I, knew it was, I knew it was drunk Mike Young. Come on. <laughs> oh my god, I don't think if Mike Young ever drank, I'd probably like be militant about his straight edge and have to attack him. I thought he drank when he was younger. I think he might have when he was like very young, like 
not old enough to drive, which by the way, Mike Young drives and has a car now. And for those of you that knew Mike Young in Pennsylvania, what? Yeah. Well, I remember when he drove, cause he drove me to a really shitty 25 to life show in uh, Scranton. In his that own car? Fun. Yeah. I, I don't think that I knew Mike Young very well when he had his own car. I knew him when his car died and it sat behind Jake's house for like two years. Yeah, and I just he remember he sat and walking. He sat uncomfortably like far back in his car, like he was a fucking. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, sorry, Mike, if you listen, but you did sit weird. <laughs> so I have I, I have this this P tail, which is like I don't I don't know who the person was that we stayed with, but so I was on tour with this band um, aficionado, and it was a tour that they were doing that. They were actually like it was very busy shows. They like had just got the record done. They were getting a little bit of buzz. It in the end didn't work out for them. But we like played all these like cool shows in cool cities. And we were in Chicago and I went to this house after the show to like stay over. And the guy who was best friends with the singer of Aficionado was like, if you're gonna sleep on the couch. I just need to tell you, don't piss the couch. And I was like, why would you? Why? Why would you say that? He's like, the last band that stayed over here, they peed the couch. And I was like, that's yeah, dude. I'm not gonna piss the couch. Like that's stupid. I wouldn't want to and sleep on the piss couch. And he, well, you know, I was 21 or something like that, and whatever. Who cares? But he said it so many times, don't pee on the couch, that I think he like somehow cursed me, that I like woke up and literally peed the couch. <laughs> <laughs> what I wasn't I wasn't drunk I wasn't like I, at that time I didn't drink to excess so like it was like five o'clock in the morning I woke up covered in piss the couch cushion was completely drenched I ran out of the ran out of the house I like walked down to like the CVS like four blocks away to get Febreze oh. and I like tried to hide it and I cleaned that up. I flipped like the couch cushion. Everyone started kind of waking up as I was like, like nervously, like this guy is gonna come down and inspect the couch. So I was like, we gotta go, everyone, we gotta go. Never told anyone in that band or that dude that lives in that house that I peed his couch. So if he listens to this, he's gonna know I pissed his couch you, that night. Do you think there's, <laughs> do you think there's any possibility that this dude berates the person that's gonna sleep on the couch and then sneaks down? And dumps piss on them, or just so they wake up. So they wake up oh, in your that's... situation. The question is, do you remember pissing, or no. did you wake up and be covered in piss? I, I woke up covered in piss. So could you be, might be right, Justin. Could be piss sabotage. <laughs> that would be fucked up. <laughs> That'd oh. be really fucked up. That that's actually like a good idea. I think I want to do that to people now. <laughs> have, have a couch that's your piss couch. You, you could go to Cabela's. Well, I guess you could just pee in a bucket. I was gonna say you could go to Cabela's and buy like that deer pee that you spread in your yard. <laughs> Funny. But I guess it'd be way cheaper to just pee in a bucket. <laughs> I love I love that your first your first intuition is to go to Cabela's to get a deer pee to trick somebody. Rather than real human pee, which is readily available out of your own dick. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to piss in this bucket. I'm going to go get deer piss. I'm a I schemer. What could I say? Old Champ had the, uh, the piss couch upstairs that a lot of bands took their turn peeing on, apparently. What the? Old Champ. Champ did. 
Yeah, the piss couch in the upstairs area above the record store. Apparently, a bunch of bands peed on that. Well, Steven, I, I don't want to put you out here with the guy on the line, but didn't you pee on the Chameleon Club couch? Yeah. Oh, oh, what couch was Steven. that? What couch was that? In the green room. <laughs> when? Oh, boy. Couple like, years. recently? No. no. Res- Reservoir played there. Yeah. The night in question. Great, yeah. Steven. What? Now Old Tigers what? is going to play there in the next two months. <laughs> wait what what show did you play was it the what was it the we were skeletons farewell show no because i was in the lounge we played main stage young and heartless played i think oh you played you booked that would have been it. a little while ago that would have been a couple years ago right yeah yeah a few years ago it was the first oh. time we, put, we played main stage i think and don't 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 put the blame on me while it was my idea Josh and Andy also peed on the couches. <laughs> I, I remember being mad that you guys peed, but having a little bit of regret that I wasn't invited. I peed on the windowsills too. <laughs> oh, did you oh, at least buddy. did you did you at least pee on that that one like shitty leather couch, or did you actually pee on like a cloth like? <laughs> I think ICP was playing the next day. <laughs> Maybe no, no, that's uh, not that, true. I mean, then I'd be a kind of okay with it. Someone stupid was playing the next day. I was like, "Do good enough to sit on my pee." <laughs> Wait, maybe it was trapped. Maybe you, you really started are a this child. Old Twitter fucking war that trapped is doing now. To try no, to uh, dude, I just logged back on Twitter for the first time in so long, just so I could follow along with that trap bullshit. He's still going. He's yeah. still going. Yeah. My dog is licking her crotch next to me. It is awkward. That is weird. Did you ever see Trap Live? No. No. You know what, like, is... uh, I know this is going to be public, so I probably shouldn't say this, but fuck it, I don't care. If I don't get the book trapped again, whatever. (laughs) But, but, like, so much, like, you know, like, macho, like, I'm, like, the coolest dude in the world. And I know for a fact that that dude has, like, a mental illness, so I don't want to criticize him too much. But, like, that band is literally worth less than $2,000. Oh. (laughs) Wow. Really? He's a fucking joke. It's so fucking pathetic and sad. But it's just like, like, I'm not going to, like, pile on him. If I was in a popular band, I wouldn't pile on him because he, like, clearly is sick. Right. But it is still fun to watch it. I know local bands that get paid more than that for doing West Coast Festival shows. I know a lot of bands that get paid more than that. It's like they're they're yeah. fucking their agent is like sent like a number that like got laughed at, and they're like, "Well, we'll do it for this number," and it was mm, about yeah, it was it was low. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Well, that probably settles the power trip versus trap debate. Who would pull more? I still yeah. want to see them draw the rhinoceros from memory. Yeah. <laughs> well, they get, they, they like, the dude is like so fucking caught up on like streaming numbers. And it's the same way that like I listen to like Limp Biscuit and Corn. I get fucking wasted and like <laughs> want to like listen to like this shitty music. Like that's, that's the only time anyone is ever listening to like Hedgedrunk. No one's <laughs> yeah. like, it, yeah. no one's in their right mind at like 3 p.m. Driving home from work and like, 
putting Trapped on, man. Like, gotta listen you, to this Trapped record. You don't think, like, Call of Duty guys are putting on playlists with Headstrong on it? I bet it comes on through, like, uh, like a, you know how you finish an album and then it starts playing recommended artists or something? Yeah. They Trapped is the most recommended like artist. Playlist. Yeah, so, like, when someone's listening to fucking with arms wide open and it just... But it was also, it was also legitimately a very popular song. Yeah, like, for sure. Not to not to take away from you know the accolades of Trapped, but like it was a very it was a widely popular song, and that's why they have like 200 million streams on Spotify. The same, I, you know. There's there's no current relevance. It's just this loser who has a mental illness who is still hanging on to like whatever kind of glory he had 21 years ago. All right, so yeah, there it, goes our podcast. It's credit, credit where credit's due. Credit where credit's no, due. You couldn't he's, get away he's from that worst. song. I'm, I'm hanging on to Glory from like five years ago, playing like a sold-out house show in Philadelphia. <laughs> Jacob Langley. Probably still in Carlisle. I, was, Actually, I, just got, I just got into a fight with Marco about Jake Langley. Ooh. Oh, no. Literally, literally a literally a text fight. We're not speaking. We're not spe- we're not speaking right now. We're not texting right now. What happened? We were talking about a show, and I remembered a certain situation differently, and he was upset of how I remembered it. Wow. <laughs> so, and we exchanged, we exchanged some words. You know, what did you say to him, "You get mean." No, I don't get mean. You, get you think mean. I get? Do you think I get mean? No, maybe I get. I don't. Me. I don't know. <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was the same note that you said about your marriage. On <laughs> 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 um, a more lighthearted Jacob Langley subject, I saw a video of him playing acoustic songs, I guess, in his bedroom with a coronavirus mask on, which you don't have to wear in your own house. It's true. You don't. Yeah. Dear listeners. You wear them in public when you're out amongst people, not in your own home where you're safe, theoretically. Safe, quote-unquote. Unless you have people, like, spitting on you from your window, you don't need a mask in your house. Steven's the only one with a window in plain view. I know we joke a a little bit about where in the world is Jacob Langley because he was supposed to be on that never-ending tour. (laughs) But um, I kind of like that he's a constant on my phone like if i scroll through facebook in the morning it's always jacob langley has started a live video and have most of the time he's he's not singing he's just sitting in his kitchen playing a riff looking at something else like looking at the computer or watching the stove playing like this riff and it's (laughs) kind of kind of comforting that he's always there It is. Jake Jake is yeah, like a, a good impression there. Constant. You did a perfect impression, MC. Oh, um, so I don't I don't want to dwell t- sorry, go ahead, MC. I was I I can't read your mind, Justin, but maybe this is a good segue. So Steven, officially today I got the email that the Rancid show in Jersey next month is canceled or not canceled, rescheduled to a date to be determined. Mm. 
Well, hold on a second. He thought that was a good segue. I was going to ask you guys if you remember the last time you pooped your pants. Well, I didn't know what Justin was going into, but I knew at one point we discussed some other things related to when we thought things were going to get back to quote-unquote normal. So, Right. No, I wasn't making fun of your segue. I was making fun of the idea that I was literally going to ask you guys if you remember the last time you shit your pants. I remember the last time I shit my pants. Ah, fuck. I don't. So I'll go first since I clearly remember. Um, I remember too, or I wouldn't have asked. It was. <laughs> I'll tell the whole story of the night. So we went to a show in Baltimore. I believe it was at the Barclay House. And me, myself, Fat Matt, like two or three other people went in my old van, the Walrus, the big blue 15 passenger Dodge that we had with a bed that we built in the back. And another couple of friends went in their own car, which I don't know why. We all went from York to Baltimore and then in turn to Ocean City, but we took two separate vehicles. Anyway, long story short, one of them was James, the guy that pisses himself when he, he gets drunk. Anyway, you, you called him out. No, no, no. Change, James is still the same name. name. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, he's okay. Oh, uh, so. So we get to Baltimore and Fat Matt's driving and Fat Matt's running yellow lights. And finally he stops at a red light and James is in the car behind us and he gets out, walks up and he's like raps on the window. Like, I don't know if you can hear that. Maybe anyway, put in a knocking sound, Steven. And I heard Fat it. Matt rolls down the window <laughs> and, and James is just like, what the fuck, Matt? You keep running yellow lights, which means I'm running red lights and I've got a beer in my hand. That's oh, not cool. <laughs> so that's how the night started. We went to a punk show. I think the Degenerics played uh, a show which kind of dates it because that band is old now. Um, but we ended up driving to Ocean City, Maryland after the show and getting into town at like three or four in the morning. Other than me and Fat Matt, no one in our van was awake and the other two disappeared. I think they were boning. Um, so fat man and I were like, fuck it. We're going to go up on the beach, you know, get in the ocean, whatever. And we're walking across the boardwalk about to drop into the sand on the, um, beach there. And I let one rip. Like I'm like, <laughs> and I remember just looking at fat Matt and like with this look of fear, and he looks at me and he just instantly knows. And he's laughing. He's like, you started, didn't you? And I'm like, I'm like holding my underwear tight against my leg. It's like a little bit of shit's running down my leg. And I just, oh. and I, I'm, I'm like nipple deep in the ocean at this point. I take my pants off, <laughs> I throw my underwear into the ocean to be reclaimed by God. I, I, I do a little scrub up with some salt water. I put my, it's probably camo shorts, camo cargo shorts back on, walk out, and I'm like, good as new. And he is just like literally laying on the ground in the sand, laughing at me for shitting my pants. <laughs> on beach in Ocean City, Maryland, at 3 a.m. one night. There was a lot of alcohol. You know, you, you know what I, I love? What I love the most, uh, most about it is the camo shorts. You found it necessary time to mention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it's crazy. <laughs> well, well, in modern times, I probably were wearing something a little more form-fitting and not so baggy. True, true. Which would hold the shit in a little bit better. Your story is so much better. I'm so sad you went first. God damn it. 
I was uh, that was, was so detailed too. Because that Matt tells the story, but it's basically like this. <laughs> and then five minutes later, you get a little piece of the story, and then he's giggling hysterically because he can't tell the story like without losing his breath laughing at it. Oh man. <laughs> All right, Justin, tell your shit story. <laughs> you started this, but I did start this. Um, mine's not nearly as rock and roll as that. My, I was at a Boy Scout camp. I was probably twelve, and um, I was walking back to camp from the pool in my swim trunks when nature hit, and I uh, was hobbling for a while halfway down the trail, and I just. Uh, put a whole turd in the net of my swim trunks. All right, and so I, I'm, I'm glad you gave us that detail. I was trying to figure out where you're wearing swim trunks with the netting, like a child, or like board shorts an adult. So, yeah. Was, yeah, well, you, don't, li- you sure. don't like the netting? I'm not a fan of the netting. Uh, I need the netting. I still have the netting. The netting, you gotta have it. I've been going with shorter and shorter board shorts every year, and I'm thinking the netting comes in handy the shorter they get. Sure. Yeah, that's true. You, you wouldn't wear Daisy Dukes without underwear on. Yeah, it rubs your bit. Might slide out the side of them. I'd wear Daisy I Dukes without underwear. I wish we could call Lemmy on this one, because I've seen that picture where, like, he's wearing short shorts that... Yeah, like, he's not wearing underwear in that picture. Guaranteed, sure. right? No. There's no... Uh, maybe a thong. Maybe a thong. Maybe if a he's motor, wearing underwear, motor like, it's a low-rise thong, because those things are not high-rise at all. That's true. That's true. They're Good very low-cut, and they're very... No legs. There's no legs. I would. Like, I would. I would wear a thong. Have you guys ever worn a thong? I have not. No. No. They're comfy. No. Yeah. Comfy. That's the. Way I you, have gone. Like, I, do, I don't wear underwear anymore. It's been about like five years. See, really? I, five. I was a big fan of no underwear for a long time. It's it's, it's nice. I hate how, underwear. How anxious does the zipper make you, or do you go with button flies? Um. I mean, even if like the zipper comes down a little bit, it's no. Not... He's talking about injury with zipping. Oh, injury. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like a. I'm not a something about Mary style. I'm not a not a moron. That does not happen. I know you're not a moron, but you enjoy beers. <laughs> but I still know not to like cut my fucking cock off. Like <laughs> when I was on the. I'm road not with like man. I could be. Don't wasted. talk down I... to me. I could be wasted as hell, and I would still be like cognizant of my penis. Good point. So all right, the all worst right. I ever did in the days of no underwear, normally on the road with bands, is I'd get pubes caught in there, and that hurts bad because like you move and you're just like, oh fuck, I'm ripping my hair out. Ah, true. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, you just get out your clippers and shave, and you have no issues. Mine curl up a good bit, so I don't have to worry about it too much. You got curlies. <laughs> oh yeah. How how long are your pubes? Right now? Yeah. Probably good thumb knuckle. Thumb knuckle. Which one? This one right here. This one. Top thumb knuckle. So like oh. your knuckle to the end of your thumb. Yeah. Okay. But they yeah. curl up. It's kind of short. I I I have a, I trimmed mine up about three weeks ago. And I, I used no guard, so I'm is much it? shorter than that. I don't know if it's short. <laughs> I kind of I honestly kind of just let it go down there. Oh, me too. I don't I don't do like the the manscaping thing. Well, not even a thumb knuckle actually. I do occasion. Did you just measure? I put my thumb down. <laughs> 
<laughs> Damn it. See, now I honestly now I kinda wanna do it. <laughs> Check it out. I started manscaping because like I kinda felt weird when like girls take good care of themselves down there and I was like a mess and I don't know. Felt like I should do my part. It's called yeah. Pro Choice MC. Yeah, it's true. I'm not making anybody do anything. I just thought a lot of girls take care of themselves down there. They put in the work. I should put in a little bit of effort. You take the cue from your partner. I get it. I always, I always kind of respected like a jungle down that way. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it. I you like, you like you. got you like you know, you got to that point in a consensual <laughs> relationship, and then you see it and you're just like, wow, this is crazy. This is I cool. This 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 this, per, this person's wild. <laughs> when, so when this person's got a she's got a Mustang in the garage. I said that phrase as PC as I possibly could. <laughs> wow, she's what? I said person. I didn't say she. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean everybody does their own thing. You know, I just know that. A lot of people do some sort of maintenance. So I, many years ago, you, decided uh, I should do shaved fully. Well. Have you ever shaved fully down there? Like with a razor? No, or not like clean shaven. Like like one time I like took like you know electric razor and just cut everything off. It was like my like facial oh. hair like that that oh that so long. I've gone I've used my trimmers with no guard, which is basically what my head used to look like. Yeah. So yes, front and back, all of it gone. I've done Interesting. a shave on the front, but never, never touched the back. I actually prefer doing the back to the front because I don't like shitting through the fucking weeds. <laughs> do you, do you find the the itch as it grows back a problem? Oh, that's the worst. But you got a powder. Oh yeah, powder. You're introducing whole new parts of my routine that I don't know if I'm comfortable with. I don't want to add like four steps to my day. Are you kidding me? Look, man, I <laughs> shaved my head once a week so I didn't have anything to do with my hair, shampoo, conditioner, drying. I had very little maintenance going on, so I gave myself like a once every three weeks lower body maintenance. And a little powder, that's you put your underwear on, a little powder, you go about your business. It doesn't add anything but three seconds. Just a little once over. Yeah. It's not like I'm doing it four times a day and like massaging myself or anything well <laughs> off the record <laughs> that happens a lot all bit here and there this whole episode is like men's bodily functions and hygiene without further ado here's the interview with dave mcwain from big d and the kids table Sarah, want to hear a Lucero story? Or should I say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lead with it, man. He was he was smart. Oh, is it already recording? Yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Uh, on Warp Tour, he was really smart, the singer, and just bought like packets of white shirts and just would just go through them. That's a very smart way to tour. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So he always looked 
fresh. Always look crisp, but it was a brand new white shirt. How does he do that? And we're all like, oh, okay. I did the opposite. I always had one shirt that yeah, I, yeah. and then I like that's hung it out in the van. That's it's, usually the route, yeah. Oh, and yeah. and Warp Tour, especially in the summer. I remember seeing yeah. you guys in Scranton, yeah. probably okay. 2004 or five. I, I don't know. That was a good and time. And it was now. just a dust bowl. Oh, yeah. Like the whole thing. So like keeping a white shirt. Exactly. You're not supposed to bring like white merch at all because like it gets ruined in a second. Uh, were we playing in the side of the truck then? Might have been. Yeah, it sounds yeah. Like, yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, it's the Ernie Ball stage. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the better stages, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's the, we, yeah, there's something about the amphitheater. Like, we play, did the amphitheater a lot, you know, you know like, they yeah. split it. Yeah. There's, like, really good things about it and really bad things about it. Good things about it is, like, you're near catering, you're near the bathroom, you're near the beer, you're near the right. fans, you're, you're under, you know, the, you have shade. Yeah. Yeah. But then you're playing, like, a wicked, empty amphitheater so even yeah. if you draw right. like 500 to 1,000 people it still it's, looks like it's right. really you bad. suck yeah. <laughs> yeah. did uh, did you guys play the last Warp Tour round? that that one show the, or two yeah. shows they did yeah we did it in um, Atlantic City oh yeah yeah how was that? Uh, to be honest a Warp Tour is awesome but to do a one off on Warp Tour it's weird is it's just a ton of work for a half an hour right. you know what I mean like <laughs> you're happy to do it but Getting everything together, driving to Atlantic City, yeah. where the hotels are really expensive, parking your stuff, getting your gear on a beach to the stage. It's kind of cool. Though. It, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, the whole thing is yeah. cool. But uh, to be honest, you're like, you play a half an hour, which is almost like a sneeze. Right, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And you're like, all right. See ya. <laughs> yeah. But being on the whole tour, is, that's a dream. That's just like. I'm sure you get in the groove for that half hour. Oh, like absolutely. it's not as oh, big yeah. of a deal. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'd be dead by like the first week. <laughs> oh, you are. You, the first week, your body goes through this like transformation of, of the environment you're in. Yeah, yeah. So after the first week or two, you're like, you know, you're getting your first sunburns and you're realizing yeah. like you have to drink an absurd amount of water every yeah, yeah. day. And then, then you kind of like, you know, set yourself to warp tour and then you're just warped in there. Right. Yeah. There's always pretty big distances in between the shows too, right? Yeah, that's why you have to get a, pretty much have to get a bus or share a bus or get a bandwagon because like some people will say, can you do Warp Tour in a van? And of course you can. Yeah. But your bass player is going to quit. <laughs> you know, I mean, at the end of the yeah. tour, your bass player is going to quit. Right. So it's up to you. Yeah. 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 And then a ska band with that many members, too. Yeah. Like, you want to... Someone's going to go, I don't know this shit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many people are in Big D's? So we can do, like, I think something... Let's see. I think it's set. We can do, like, 7 to, like, 11. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah. you kind of have, Depends like, on players. how many horn players. Like, they're all in the band, but, right. you know... Life is, is 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 what it is. You know what I mean. So some people can't make gigs. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you have like a pool you can pull from for touring. Yeah, so, we basically of... have like four horns. Yeah. Okay. And like today we have two. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. Actually, we have five. We have five horns. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you don't like steal a real big fish guy? No, no. People usually steal our guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we call ourselves Big D uh, University. Oh, right. like, from tour managers, graphic designers, to like merch people, like people just people, bigger bands just go, thank you very much. Right, right. And we go, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess we're we not figured, doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess we figured that out for you. Yeah, yeah. Big D University. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Do li- you want to be in a bigger band? Join Big D. Because <laughs> your list of past members was enormous. Yeah, well, it's funny because like the first, you know, crop of Big D guys, we were just the group of friends in college. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so 
that was all of us. Mm -hmm. And we just, Big D wasn't supposed to be a band. You know, like some okay. people like, start a band, they want to make it. Right, like, oh, right. Let's do this, right? right? I had nothing to do with us. We were just like limited to the amount of parties we were invited to, couldn't buy beer because we were like 18. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it was just music, 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 music. And so then we did Shot by Lammy and then we did Good Luck. And then the band started getting like, to be a real band. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were like, oh, this is funny. And some people, because we were all friends, we know each other so well, some people were like, well, I'm not, this isn't necessarily the direction I, right. like, I'm going to go in. Like, Max, the original drummer, he's just a hip-hop guy through and through, okay. you know, and so uh, he does tracks with, you know, crazy people, like, yeah, yeah. and so everybody does their own thing. But we're all still, like, the, the same nucleus group of friends, okay. you know what I mean? We follow each other and text each other. All yeah. Time. What has he done? What, like, kind of artist has he We just did uh, Nathan Gray, and they're from Boyce Sets Fire, and their drummer just did a tour with Seal. Oh, CL? Yeah. <laughs> Which um, is wild to me. Like, now, I, uh, like, I know he's, he's made beats that, like, okay. like I think he's, that kind like, of when thing. you hear a 50 Cent, the, or one of those really yeah, popular yeah. 50 Cent songs, it's like, that's Max. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, cool. and he, I, forget, huh. I forget the name of his new group he just went with, but they just got off, the tour, off tour with G-Love and the Special Sauce. Okay. I forget. I don't know. Max has been. Oh, G, G Love's pretty good. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be caught saying pretty good, but I like that. <laughs> They're awesome! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no. Take an adjective. Um, cool. Well, yeah. so normally what we do for the podcast is yeah. we kind of try and go through like your beginnings from sure. when you were younger, how you found music and stuff like that. And then we'll go through your albums and sure, what you're working that's on fine. now. It's a fun um, trip. Yeah, so like. Did you kind of grow up like where? Well, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in I grew up in Hamilton, Massachusetts, okay, which yeah, is yeah. right next to Salem, Massachusetts. Robert okay, Beach. spooky. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> very, very like you know old colonial stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when did you kind of find underground music? Was did you have like oh. a friend that showed you or? Yeah, I was never as they called a herder. Okay. Like they say, those are the people who like go. Hey, did you hear this? I wasn't a herder right. till way later. Um, I was a, like a. Yeah, people told me things. Right. So to go way back, the first song I ever liked was Down on the Corner. But you know, down on the corner. Yeah. That's the first time I was CCR. like, CCR. Yeah, I was like, I think I like this song. Yeah. And then the first artist I liked um, didn't necessarily jam him because I'm like really young and I didn't have the means to do it. Right. But I, whenever I saw him, I'd go, Yeah, you're cool, dude. And that was Tom Petty. Oh, and cool. then, um, and then I got into ska because of the Mighty Mighty Bostones. Um, they were just they they were just like everywhere. Right. Yeah. Especially and in that area. Yeah. And then Operation Ivy was um, someone gave just gave me a good friend just gave me an LP and I just was hooked ever since. Yeah. But um, I definitely was an Iron Maiden and still an Iron Maiden fan. Cool. Because yeah. like I think Iron Maiden's good for kids because like you're, let's say you're playing with toys and now you're not playing with toys. The artwork <laughs> of Iron Maiden is like a very good bridge. And let's say you're playing Dungeons <laughs> yeah. and Dragons. It's a good. Right. Bridge into yeah. yeah. The, the fancy and realness of the music. Yeah, like. a take me away kind of thing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's uh, a hot take. I never thought of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I swear to God, I've come off as being scholarly in school, and um, I impressed my wife before she was my wife by just repeating things in Iron Maiden songs, <laughs> like the Rhyme and Ancient Mariner poem and stuff. You know, and like, like, oh, you're really smart. And you're like, not just a metalhead. <laughs> but originally, like, I was never. I, I would say originally, I was straight up a headbanger, mm. heavy metal you know, early Metallica, cool. stuff like that. And then because Boston has such a hardcore, hardcore scene, right. it was easy to go from metal to hardcore, Sam Black Church, Only Living Witness, and stuff like that. And then the Boston's are part of that because they used to play with Slapshot all the time. Right. And the Scott and hardcore were united in the scene. Yeah. And uh, so they, it was always Boston's and Slapshot, Boston's and And so then I scratched my chin and went, what is going on with these horns? But they're still still heavy. Yeah. And then once Operation Ivy got thrown on my lap, 
it, you know, it's, it's not hardcore, but it's still aggressive ska. So, you know, I still hadn't heard any traditional ska yet. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I knew, you know, reggae existed, but still I didn't know any kind of Trojan stuff. So I'm just plowing ahead going, ska's this awesome, aggressive music. Yeah. You know, that's where I'm coming from, <laughs> you know? The Boston's are heavy. Yeah, They yeah. just happen to have ska parts in exactly. it. Exactly, and, and, and Operation Ivy is yeah. driving, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so then, so still I hadn't, then I heard the specials and I went, oh, wait a minute, what's going, yeah, on? Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. And so, I kind of did it the opposite of some people. But that's yeah. the band that hooks people a lot as far as traditional ska, I feel yeah. like. Then it went from badness and, you know. You're right, yeah. yeah. Well, do you remember the first yeah. album you ever either bought yeah. for yourself or your, your parents bought or whatever? Totally, this is fun. Okay, so for like fifth grade, uh, oh, okay. It goes back one earlier. The Ghostbusters theme song on Seven Inch was, I think, the first. Oh, that's so oh, good. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, uh, somebody bought me Injustice for All on cassette. Um, and I remember for a birthday. And at the same birthday, I think my sisters bought me like George Michael's Faith. Okay, yeah. So, so those are very, <laughs> yeah, very yeah. Different. divergent. Yeah. yeah. And I remember playing Injustice for All, you know, at first and going, and this happens just with me with a couple of my favorite bands. And that's. Uh, I was like, oh, I don't know if, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it's kind of scary. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and so this and it kind of this, this kind of ties into what I say sometimes, and that's there's people who want to be bands. Sorry, so there's this is separate. Okay, there's some people who make sugar. A lot of bands make sugar, mm -hmm. and some bands make hot sauce. And like everybody likes sugar. Right. So someone someone bands write right. sugar. They're yeah. just everyone's like, oh my god, I'm so good. Yeah. But some bands don't want to write sugar. They want to write hot sauce. And I feel like we, we make hot sauce, and like Injustice for All at first was like hot sauce to me. Right. I was like, like at first you don't like hot sauce, but yeah. then like you keep trying it, and eventually you like have to put it on everything, and you carry right. it with you, and you're like, do you have any hot sauce? So yeah. it gets addictive, yeah. right? You know what I mean? So I think Injustice for All was one of those hot sauce moments. Okay, cool. It's a little more niche, but people that are into it are really into it. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. Once you get it, you, Once really, you, get it, you yeah. really get it. But it's not like you know the McDonald's hamburger that everyone's like, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, that's a perfect answer. Oh, yeah. So Ghostbusters will open that. So we don't have. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll be the one that gets a cease and desist. <laughs> yeah. I just remember being like, the, these guys, everybody is so cool. And like the ghosts are cool. The musicians are cool. The ghosts are cool. <laughs> so great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, and I'll say, and jumping on the bed with my sisters to the song. Like just jumping up and down. With her what? With my sisters, like I have sisters, and we would just play the record and just jump up and down. I thought like, you said with I... my sister's tuba on. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay, original. He really does like Scott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to surf on the Ottoman to the Beach Boys. That's oh, like, that's surf on the Ottoman. That's, yeah, that's like one of my first musical <laughs> that's a good But uh, yeah. were you in bands before Big D? Yeah, so our first band was Twisted Reality. Okay. Definitely a heavy metal band. Yeah, um, sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, I was on drums. Uh, basically, I'm, I'm a drummer like oh, okay. vocals was completely an accident cool I'll tell you how in a bit but like yeah so Twisted Reality was my first band and we like wrote some songs and it was fun. it's like learning your instrument you know right. yeah, yeah. and then um, Spoo which is a bad not very good name <laughs> notorious for bad names um, <laughs> S-P-O-O S-P at first and then we okay. changed it to S-P-U oh, okay. big, big band <laughs> meeting for that one um, and we were a hardcore band and I, I still love a lot of our songs you know I yeah. really love the guitar player and the singer and they, they were really good um I think I even I think there's one riff from one of our songs I keep trying to get into a big D song. I'm saying when I say keep, I mean 
20 years I've been trying yeah, to be yeah. like, oh, wow. riff, let's put this riff in. And everyone's awesome. like, <laughs> it's like, all right, we'll put it on the back burner. That's I'm like, so oh. you. That is me, yeah. Oh my God. I would just fight we, for stuff like we played yeah, a band together. Couple. He's had a riff for like yeah. seven years and he's still trying it's, to. I, we may have done almost. it. Almost. <laughs> like one yeah. day, one day. One day we'll evolve to the point where it'll make sense. Yeah. It'll be fine. It'll all come full I circle. I almost had it for the new record. I, I think it'll make the next record, but I've been saying that for 20 years. So, Spoo, and we started playing clubs. Like, we played. Uh, the chapter, or the escape club that was later called Chapter Two in Salisbury, Massachusetts, Salisbury Beach, Massachusetts, and we played with hard, hardcore bands like, mm -hmm. you know, like right. uh, Mucky Pop and stuff. I mean, they're obscure names, but you know, we got we got into clubs, which is very hard to do at first. Right. You know, and we were still in high school, and then after that, like day, like month one of going to college, Big D started. Oh, it was okay. Like, hit the ground running. Like, yeah. I wanted to in college. I wanted to start a ska band within the first month. But you know, it's really funny, it's the first person I talked to to start a band was in college was Chris Penny, the drummer for um, Dillinger Escape Plan. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. And because he was wearing a Revelation sweatshirt, yeah. and I was hardcore kid and stuff, so I right. went over to him and I was like, oh my god, like, you seem like someone I want to be friends with, you know what I mean? When you first go to college, you just, yeah. that's like okay to do. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, you're cool too. And I was like, I'm a drummer. He's like, me too. I'm like, we're not going to be in a band together. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so, so you wanted to drum in a ska band? Yeah. The, yeah oh, you the said vocals, it was an vocals accent. weren't yeah. even, even close to an idea. Yeah? Uh, yeah, and so when Big D started, um, I... I also started this other band called Drexel, which is a split with the first Big D Records, Big D and Drexel. Okay. And Drexel, I guess what you'd say is my was my main drum band. Okay. And we even put out like five records. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's really good stuff too. I really like it. I still I still think the guys in the band are just great. And uh, Todd, the bass player, um, and I just just got back together uh, with a new band uh, called Cuidado, which is it's not like Drexel, but we're playing within the same power in like okay. call right. it panic rock because yeah. you know the guitar players aren't in and they're a huge part of the, of the Drexel sound so we're still playing in you know yeah, yeah, yeah. the vibes of yeah. Drexel same, that's really the same spirit yeah same yeah. spirit gotcha so uh, how did you like did they call you Lil D when you were younger <laughs> oh, yeah, no that's the thing so so I played drums in Big D and we wrote like pretty much all of Shop by Lamy pretty okay. much um, but we didn't have a singer and Everyone was getting a little bored of continuing to just play songs without vocals. Yeah. And we kind of looked around for a vocalist, and we almost got Dave Cave from um, The Lot Six and the, a band called Broke. Okay. That a lot of people like that band, those bands. Um, he's a really great guy. Um, but we, we almost did, but we just kind of didn't. I think he started the band. Yeah. Like, we just missed them or something. Right, right. Yeah. So Mark, the, uh, the singer, trombone player uh, of Big D, other singer, he, he said, basically, he said, Dave, you have to do it. And I was like, well, why would I? I was like, why would I sing in the band that I play drums in? And he goes, we'll get Max to play drums. You just sing. You're just. And I was like, why are you asking me this? And he's like, he's like, I don't know. You're outgoing. You know, you wanted an outgoing person. Right. So that's when I said, all right. Well, that's really scary. So if I do it, will you do it a little bit with me, so yeah. I can have someone up there with me? Right. And he was like, okay. And so then I'd write him some parts. He wrote some parts, but I'd yeah. write him, and then felt more comfortable with him up there. With him. It does seem to fit you pretty well. Now, now I. Uh, it's quite fun. Yeah. 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 Um, and, it, and this is a little this is a little bratty of me to say, or snotty, or very drummer of me to say. But what what I like to do is what I always wished my singers would do. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because when yeah. you're a drummer, your your appendages are moving everywhere. You're putting your whole body mm -hmm. into it. Yeah. And so I, you know, I'm still bringing that energy to the vocals. You know, like right. I just want to make your drummer proud. 
Yeah. Want to make your tail gunner proud? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I can. T- we. I do a Halloween cover show every year at yeah. like this. We have like a DIY garage space. Yeah. Um, where we're from, and I play drums in our band. I've always played drums, but we always do an AFI Halloween sure. cover set where we a whole set. Yeah, we well, we do the All Hollows EP oh, okay, straight yeah, through, yeah. and then I do vocals for it, it and I get fun. so excited yeah, for it, fun. and it's like, yeah, I get so much energy out, and I like that's how I feel like I want to do what like I want some. You yeah, because sometimes like, you know, you when you have a singer like that. Maybe you're wanting them no to. Yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> but it's, it's your singer it has their own personality, their own thing, and not always for honest bands, not project bands that want to just make it. But right. for honest bands, you don't really want to tell them who they are or what their soul is. Yeah. You just have you just you just have to hope that it's. It and you're connects. very confined. Yeah. Being like a drummer in a band. Yeah. I, That's why they're always, I bet, you know, like slightly cranky. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, it's cool when, like, for other. I'm a drummer, I can say it. <laughs> for instruments and stuff, like, some of the best players started out not knowing how to do it at all. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I think you have a lot of character to your voice. Thanks. And I do you think that had something to do with it. You're like, I don't sing, this is how I'm going to figure it well, out. Well, uh, yeah, okay, that's a good thing. So, two things about that. One, just to go back a little bit, like, the presence on stage also has to do with my psyche that. I don't want to take it too serious, you know. Right. Like I, 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 don't, I don't connect with people like musicians who are taking it just way too seriously. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you have to snap out of that it, for me. And yeah. so, like, when I go on stage, I don't want to pretend. Like, I, I don't want to entertain. This is actually a topic that just came up in the van. Like, like I don't really like headlining shows that much. Right. I like opening up, mm-hmm. and I don't really like big shows that much. Yeah. I like 150. I like 500. 900 is yeah. getting pretty big, right. yeah. and then let's go up to like a thousand. Yeah. Right? That's a big show to me. But once we start playing like more than that, I feel like I'm I'm supposed to entertain, right? And yeah. I don't I don't want to be an entertainer. It's impersonal. Yeah, it's it, I like the idea of like this person's going to go on stage and show you who they are, and you can watch if you want to, and yeah. if you don't, you don't have to. Yeah. But I don't like the whole model of. Let's do what they want us to do. Let's entertain them. Right. Let's 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 pander to them and say do this and do that and right. like yeah. That to me that starts to get gross because you have to remember my back history is heavy metal and hardcore. Yeah. And then I'm a part of the alternative scene and then the grunge scene and so all of my musical ethics has nothing to do with pandering to the crowd. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So so I think that's a little bit that comes off of it. And then with how I sing. Sometimes people go like, "You're rapping," and I'm always like, "Oh my God, I'm not!" Like, <laughs> like you know, like if you listen to Jesse from Operation Ivy, or you listen—I forget his yeah, name—the no, totally. the, the singer to Snapcase. Yeah, is, is the yeah. singer to Snapcase rapping? No. no, he's just yelling. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and so I think people who, you know, really melodic singers, um, you know, singer-songwriter people, people who really like the singy-songy stuff. Yeah, yeah. They say that, and I think they say that knowing they're putting a little grit in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think they're just, yeah. I think they're just giving me one of those little like no, I social used to, digs. I used to yeah. play in a hardcore band very heavily influenced by Snapcase. Yeah. And we totally oh, always rapping, rapping. we always yeah. got the you guys yeah. sound like you're rapping. Yeah. And yeah. they be like, you sound like Rage Against the Machine. It's like really we don't. Yeah. But like, yeah. okay. and I really think it also has to come down to there's just not a, a conventional word for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah they they just they're searching for defining it. Because I also say too, like if I was gonna rap, I don't think I'd do it like that. I, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I never like thought about it, but you know I'd probably just 
if, if you know, this is the really first time I've ever thought of it, really, is I'd beastie boys the hell out of it. Yeah. And I'd like, you know, I'd, I don't know what I'd do, you know? Right. Not a rapper. <laughs> I should try out tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we do have a Big D rap album that we put out, like, in the early 2000s because our van broke and we couldn't go on tour. So we had recording equipment and, again, limited to parties that we were invited to and love for music. We uh, made all these beats just to see if we could do it. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, like, because at the time, Wu-Tang's beats were just, they were just loops. Yeah, you know, right. so you were like, we can do this, we can do this. And so I just took all the Big D lyrics and sang them, you know, like, in a different way. I rapped them, if yeah. you will. Uh, and it's pretty awesome. <laughs> you so know. Cool. I mean, par everybody does parodies now. Yeah, yeah. Right. But back in the day, you know, not everybody yeah. was doing it. It was more original. It yeah. was more like, oh, yeah, that's funny. You yeah. did a whole record? Why? But the best is it got reviewed. I think I think Punk News gave it, like, zero, one or zero stars. And they're like, what are they doing? And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like they don't get it at yeah, all. Yeah, you're like, oh, joke didn't work. New direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But some people get it. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. On, on those lines and with the room sizes you say, yeah. you're playing, like, I feel like some people think in other genres, oh, you bought this ticket, I owe them something. Right. I feel like in punk and punk adjacent stuff, it's more like them buying the ticket is trusting you. Oh, like, yeah. They put the trust in the big D machine to be like, whatever that group of people does. Right. I'll probably like it. Dave Chappelle says it really funny. He says, uh, I'm like, I'm like Evil Knievel, like I paid for the attempt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's but, a really uh, good point. you were kind of asking about the band name too, and that was just an AT&T commercial. It was, it's on our, it's on our like uh, YouTube channel, but you know, it's like, you can call Alice in Wisconsin or you can call grandma in Wyoming or you can call Big D in the kids table for just nine night. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like us not being a real band at the time, I had promised my high school friend, he was like, next time you're in a band, call it Big D in the kids table. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. And he's like, do you promise? And, and I'm like, yeah, it was a shake on it. And so then I said to the guys, Hey guys, I made this promise a while ago. I, th I thought it was a good way yeah, yeah. to fulfill the promise. Cause you know, we're not going to really be a band. Right. But then 25 years later, we're Big D in the kids table. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, now I have to ask, do you wish it was something else? Um, uh, I don't know. Well, it's, a, it's such a good question. So I guess I'll answer it like this. I like the fact that it's not serious. Because, right. you know, like Mr. Bungle isn't serious. Right. Melt Banana isn't serious. Yeah. But the name, because, even the band Helmet, why is Helmet a good name? It's right. not. Right. You it's know not. what I mean? But Helmet's awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I kind of like the fact that it's, it's not too serious. Because once... Once you get too serious, all the all the bro dogs start start attaching. Like, yeah, right. right. Because like you know, sometimes when you don't know who's going to be atta attracted to your right, band, right. you know, and you you like to keep them. You know, I was always quote unquote a freak. I was always like you know the fat crowd. That's what they call yeah. them back in. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes when the people who tease you like your band, you're kind of kicking dirt, going, damn it, we messed up, <laughs> we messed up somewhere. Yeah. So I think beating the kids table kind of helps that a little bit. Um, but I do think the scene. The, the punk scene, the punk royalty, the people behind the people, yeah. um, the labels and all that stuff, and the the people, the, 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 the like, the what is it called? The packed mentality animal fans, the guys, the people who mm -hmm. have to like yeah, things yeah. together. Right. I think they would all accept us more if we were called like against me right. or something like that. Something I, a little more powerful. I think, one. yeah, I think punk rock royalty would have been nicer to us if yeah. if we had a cooler name. I feel like ska bands that like, I mean, like you're yeah. touring with real, real big, big fish, <laughs> right? So, like, but that's another thing. If you don't want me jumping in, like, with with my old band Drexel, like, we were considered a cool band in Boston, mm -hmm. and um, and I can say it because I was 
I, I was in a dorky ska band at right. the same time, and yeah. like Drexel fans would come up to us, to me, and go like, "Dude, I love Drexel. But you gotta, you gotta quit." They would just say it, right? And and wow. because of that, right? Right. And I would be going to both shows. Drexel shows were almost more like social events, mm -hmm. you know, like there were cool things to go to, but the music yeah. was also awesome. But you know, people were being cool everywhere. Right. And at Scott shows, people were being real. They everywhere. were being themselves. And enough. I, yeah, you could talk. And so yeah, I just, I just, I couldn't live in that world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, like my whole life, I've been trying to make sure I'm not in that world. So, right. So I think the Scott scene, it was just a very like it, going along with band names, just who cares. Yeah. Don't take it too, you know, don't take it too seriously. Be real, be fun. That's yeah. a good answer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, once I smell cool, like... <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but oh, no. put this in your back pocket. <laughs> I think some people in the music industry, like you, all of us kind of were freaks or the, the bad kids. The, the weirdos. The, the weirdos, weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The dweebs. Um, and some of us got picked on, right? Yeah. So we were like, no, we don't like that. We don't want to be like that. <laughs> Stop I, it. I think some people in the music scene, fans and musicians and uh, industry, mm. are just late blooming yeah. bullies. In the bullies, oh, yeah. yeah. And then they, they, were, they, just got, they just did it later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, older, which is worse because some of the old real bullies from high school are now over it. Yeah. And really nice people. Yeah. But right. now Weird. people surrounding the music scene are being the bad the cool guys. I imagine the Boston hardcore scene can really feel like that at times. Um, I, I haven't like, been going to shows for a yeah. little while, but I know my generation of people, Yeah, they're all just nice, really nice yeah. people. Yeah. I think it was like mid-2000s, like early 2000s, Boston hardcore was a pretty... It, was too, it, got, it got a little too violent for yeah. some people. Has a perception, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it got... It got a cool guy perception. Oh, yeah. We're gonna oh, get oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. You're talking about the bro, the bro thing. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're gonna... Some get, yeah. crew is like, gonna kill us now. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. We can stop talking about it, but yeah, but... <laughs> oh, no, no, no they won't kidding, listen but... to our podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Still, though. Uh, but, but, yeah, it, it got a little too, too... I mean, some of my... It got, it got very violent there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to start with... Uh, actually, no, you said something earlier I wanted to ask. Yeah. And I haven't asked, and this is usually a good question, and probably you've been asked before. Mm. Um, you say you're talking in the van. Do you guys have any, like, fun tour games you guys Wait, play in the I even though, Is that a Snapcase tattoo? No, that's not how Water Music tattoo, oh, but okay. I think same Sinclair artist, does the same. Here. Same art? Yeah. Yeah, it same looks, artist. It looks like, uh, the, I forget the green uh, album. That progression. Has, yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like that. Sorry. You were no, yeah. uh, Do you guys have any, like, fun tour oh, yeah. games you play? Yeah, there's, there's, there's so much, like, lingo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, there's the little bitch videos we do. That's kind of a tour staple. Oh yeah. Where um, I think there's over 30 now. Damn. Where yeah, you check I it out. I gotta subscribe to your YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. So it was like during the How It Goes times, and I had this idea of just a medium shot of three people, and I sit in the middle, and whenever the music interludes happen, a hand off screen will just place a beer down, and I have to drink it really fast, right? Yeah. And then when I'm finished and the verse starts. I just do the verse, but two people sit down, and those hands keep giving them drinks for as long as they can drink. Yeah. And then they fuck off, and the music interlude happens again, and I do it. It's 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 sure. orchestra. It's really nice. And uh, <laughs> we only it takes a while to get. It down. takes a while. No, no, because we have coaches going team one in, team one out. It's like we have it down. It's so, it's so funny. Um, and so we did one of them, and then we were on a warp tour, and um, the guitar player at the time from MXPX saw it and was like. 
we were watching our own video laughing on, our, on the bus. And he's like, this is awesome, you do it again? And we were like, do it again? Uh, I, can you do that? And so we were like, sure. So we did it again, and then after, we were on Warped Tour, so then in the catering line, different bands were like, can we do one? And then we, then it just took off. Then we were doing them in China and Japan, and like. That's awesome. We did, our last one we did was with Guar. Oh was, man, yeah, in, in there. Yeah, and the whole yeah. outfit, and so th- th- it's that's kind of a tradition. Yeah, yeah. But but other than that, like we have lingo. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm trying to think of like specifics. It's all just like, it's just a ton of little things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we like to play frisbee, and we have a uh, a oh, game. Yeah, you called, have a song about that. Yeah, yeah, 175. <laughs> and we have a game called Pedro, which is really cool. It's kind of a combination of hearts and poker. And, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other like. Fun games. It'll co- probably come to me later. Yeah. yeah. Now we had a we had a toll booth game we played, and each person in the van had to give the driver one word, and then when they get to the toll booth, they have to oh, integrate it, the, make a sentence, make a out sentence, of it. Okay, like all that. the words, and just say it to the toll booth driver. But oh, okay, it's not like it doesn't offend anyone usually, but it's still like like, like, like put institutionalized in a sentence. Yeah. yeah. So like <laughs> we institutionalized like words butter yeah. and like. Fucking, I don't know. That's pretty funny. Hammer. I like the way yours is, it takes a little improv skill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then usually, like, usually it's Some people are better than others. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What? You know, so yeah. the reaction's never there, but for us it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I just say, like, they stomp the grapes in the monastery or something weird <laughs> like that. Yeah, and I can see how you could throw it in. If and you come off weird right at the start. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the toll booth lady was like, do they? Oh, yeah. was, she was all about it. It was like two in the morning. So. <laughs> like, oh, do they? Do they? Okay. Go along, honey. <laughs> You guys put out the first couple records yourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really... Was that necessity or... It was like this. It was like, well, yeah. Um, it's so funny going back. So cassettes ruled at right. this point. Yeah. CDs had come out, but there was no idea that you could make your own CD. Right. And then I was walking down the street. My friend, was, who was also in a band, was walking down the street. And he goes, check it out. And he was holding a CD. And I go, and it was his band. Mm. It was Epileptic Disco. His name was uh, Tom Applin. And uh, I went, you have a CD? And he's like, yeah. I was like, who put it out? Is it a label? Like, you know, you're asking? He's like, no, I just called up the company. And that was my first moment of, oh, I can do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So you're saying you just sorted it out yourself? I get it. I get it. I get, yeah. it. I get it. And so from then on, it was just sorting everything out ourselves. I feel like I remember when people started making their own CDs. Like, yeah. And I didn't realize how easy it was until I found like a website that just did yeah. it all. For and now they're so cute. And yeah. it's fun that there's always like the next bar to entry. So like you're yeah. making tapes and you're like, I can never make a CD. Yeah, I totally did. And then it's like I can never make like a digipack or vinyl. This or make vinyl. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah or, I think you could really do that. I just, yeah. One of the big things I've learned in this music run is nobody's gonna work harder for you, and nobody can do anything that you, nobody can do anything that you can't do. Right. And yeah. you're and you're probably gonna, you know, do better. Than anybody who's in charge of you, yeah, yeah. if you care. you care the most, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You care the most, and you know your your spirit and your vibe most intimately. Yeah. I feel like I don't like being catered to too much. It's just it's just not part it's of my weird. DNA. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so yeah, so we recorded at uh, John Lamy uh, recorded. It's a big sound in Maine, and it, he did it when it was closed because he worked there. So it's like we have a weekend. Not, you know, we can go in this. We had to do everything. Right. We had to do the whole record in a weekend. And then we had to do the same thing for Good Lucks. It was like 300 bucks for Lammy, beer in a weekend. Yeah. And then it wasn't until, I think, Gypsy Heel and How It Goes that, because Biggie always saves our money. We don't really, it wasn't until like literally 10 years after the band that we actually 
paid, right. paid yeah. each other. Right. And so that's something to think about, you know. So we always put the money in the nest egg, sti still pretty much, um, yeah. just so we can do it. Right. And, and so you don't chip in for shirts and shit, then you have it. Yeah, you always have it. And I yeah. recommend every band doing that. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and you have to be ready for Murphy's Law, not the band, but uh, <laughs> like new tires, new this. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. everything's going to keep hitting you. And so then finally, on those two records I mentioned, uh, we went to Jim Siegel at the Outpost, who were like the drop kicks and. Uh, did some. It was a big studio then. Yeah, yeah. Blood for Blood and stuff was, was recording there, and so that was our first like. We we were in a recording studio that was proper, but it was like our friend. This is the first time we don't know the person. Right. right. And you know we did. No, then we always did. So how like intense? And I feel like it's kind of it's probably more difficult than anything I've ever done. Yeah. Is recording with the ska band with the amount of in, like instruments you have. Oh yeah. To everybody finding their spot. Yeah. Do you guys usually do it live or do you? Like, uh, no. Like, um, the rhythm section will do it live. Okay. Uh, and, and then it's the, the recording styles have changed so much. So, right. So for the for most of our records, it was tape. Right. You know? And the, this motion, that motion, I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's like, the, if people can't see it, it's like hang 10, but you do it on the table. Okay. And that's record pause for punch-ins. Yeah, yeah. So so this used to be a huge, a huge, yeah. know, like, yo, Jim is so good at this you right know? right so yeah so you you know you do punch-ins like that but now I mean if, I this is how I say it what you always used to hear in the studio was this Sh what shut up <laughs> just just shut up play it again I'll get it just just play it again and I'll get it <laughs> all right that's what you still always hear yeah, yeah. now you hear is that good enough right is oh, that good yeah. enough can you fix it yeah, yeah. I'll fix it yeah. yeah I'll fix it so I'll it's it. a whole different mentality <laughs> yeah I mean so from let me wrestle the bull to can you can you do I have to wrestle a bull? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, what a metaphor for life. Yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> oh, the best was um, back in the day when there wasn't, when somebody wouldn't put a sympty track on, which is basically a click track, and you'd forget about pauses. So mm. there'd be this song where it goes, bam, 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 And there's nothing, so the guitar player just has to go like, and like cut cut a second and a half, you know, yeah. like, a, like, a, yeah. like a bad controller to a video game. You have to kind of manipulate it in a different right. way. Like, so I love those punch-ins when you're like, dude, you are God. How did you yeah. have that? Yeah. You know I mean? No sliding. You have to, like, <laughs> yeah, you have to like listen for like the wind of the um, yeah, the, the, drum, yeah. the drumstick moving past the mic totally, or something. Like on our demo for a band we did, I re remember a pause on the demo that we didn't use a click track for it. And normally the, the guy was just doing it for us for, I think, super cheap. Yeah. So he didn't even really edit it, but there's a pause in it. And I remember like timing it, thinking I did it's it fun. perfectly. Yeah. But then when you had to do your part, and you and Andy both, like it was po impossible because my timing was shit. Right, like, you couldn't follow shit. it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's still on the demo, and I still listen. I was like, God. But that stuff's <laughs> fun. Like not to take it so far, but I think this kind of conversation co always comes back to Meg White and the people who think she's a bad drummer and the people who think she's a good drummer. And like, you'll sit in a room and someone go, she's sped up right there, right? Right. And then there's some people who go good she's human right yeah yeah like i will always take a drummer that you can yeah. feel move than just these fake drums right you know Trigger. the best player is one that fits the song if she was ripping the whole time yeah. it wouldn't be and the best thing that they don't know about is they actually can't do what she does yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. like she has so it's it's and speaking in their ways, it's the, her inabilities. No, I don't think mm. it's inabilities, but it's, it's their perception of her in, inabilities that makes them her better than them. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. But yeah. So you were saying, uh, 
with, with the recording? I well, then spring, well, I started yeah. it with label, label talk. You guys oh, yeah. your first couple, and Springman got how it goes. Well, right? before Springman, uh, Asian Man, Mike Park, who's, who's pretty much like, you know, they'd say about Ian Mackay and stuff like that. Right. Everyone's influenced by his, his um, ethics. But uh, Mike Park is also one of those for me, you know? And so he put out Asian Man Records, and he did the first and one of the only nice things uh, someone has done for Big D, and that he fronted us plane tickets to uh, a UK Europe tour. We obviously oh, had wow. to pay it back, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. But, but he fronted them, and that really got the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. And so then after that, Avi put out um, How It Goes, um, and then we kept putting out little things ourselves, and then Side One called us, and that was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how, what was the, they approached you guys then? Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, I oh, but it was because. The other nice thing that happened to Big D was Kevin, we were on a warp tour and Kevin Lyman saw us working really hard mm -hmm. and was like, he likes hard workers. Mm -hmm. And I, I, will, I will stand up to the challenge. And you know how like um, on warp tour people just plaster posters? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. We were the first to do that. We would go out <laughs> yeah. every day and we would plaster and plaster and it was so effective. And then slowly everyone started right. catching on and this band started hiring people to do it for them. Lame. <laughs> and, uh, and so I think that made, Kevin Lyman say to Joe Sib uh, and Bill, this band's really hardworking. So that was cool. really nice. So what was Kevin Lyman like? Do you have any good stories about Kevin him? Kevin Lyman is so great, and uh, he he's one of the few people, I, I could I could say like the only person. He gets a lot that, of shit. Oh, but just just recently, yeah. because yeah. of what other people did. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and what they, it's one of those things where it's, uh, yeah, people just don't know the whole story. Right. Like, like, Kevin Lyman stopped drug traffickers from like killing musicians in such a noble way. Like he'd figure out who they are, he'd have spotters, he'd call people's mothers to fly them out if their sons were like, it's yeah. basically one of those things where someone's doing the best they can yeah. and now they get the rap of being a bad guy. That's it's right. just like perfectly yeah. like, what are we doing here? Like, you when know, you get successful. to his like yeah. famous farce like pump, punk music goes. Why don't they blame the guys who yeah. did the bad things? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you I feel like you, you're never going to knock it criticism whether it's deserved or not. Someone's you get looking for level. something. It's just such a shame. And that's it, yeah, why, that's another right. reason why I don't want Big D to, I don't want Big D to get any bigger than it is. Because like, yeah. sometimes dumb stuff happens now. You're under the And you're like, we're teeny. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, but anyway, but, so yeah, Kevin, um, uh, what were we saying about Kevin? Oh. Oh yeah, so the reason Jesus. why Kevin's so great is he, he kind of looks at a big band and a band that doesn't have any fans as equals. Yeah. Right. And I don't, I don't know anybody right. in the scene who does it to the point of that. Yeah. You know, like, and the reason why there's a Kevin Says stage at Warped Tour is because Kevin would go around going, yeah, you can play Warped Tour, you're great. Just catch up, with us, catch up with us later. And then those people would contact Warped Tour and they'd be like, you're not on a stage. And they'd go, yeah, but Kevin said, we can yeah. do it. And so that okay. became a Kevin Says stage because he kept awesome. promising people. But he's a really, really great guy. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And his daughters are all really cool and talented. Oh, yeah? Are I they saw band? Them, I saw them grow up. Uh, no, I think they just work in the scene. Oh, do they? Yeah. Okay, cool. How, how many World Tours were you on? Do you have around? I, I, yeah, lost I think we're one of the lot, most. Lot. I think, like, Bowling for Soup, Less Than Jake, and us, and if I'm forgetting, so Motion City Soundtrack, I think we're some of the most World Tours. Yeah. At one point, it was like we were doing every other year. Right. Yeah. So what would you say, it doesn't have to be Warped Tour, is one yeah. of the most, is your favorite band to tour with as far as being like fun, you guys not well? Not lying, it's Real Big Fish yeah. and the Pie Tasters. Oh yeah? Because it's just a happy, happy tour. Yeah. Right. You know, like, don't get me wrong, when you play with some power bands, 
each each night you look at each night you look at the stage and you watch the show and you're like, wow, that's powerful. Right. Wow, that is just really well done. I'm inspired. Wow. But the difference is it's not fun. Yeah. Positive. It's just kind of powerful. Yeah. Um, I just like the extra funniness. Like. Yeah. And the the fact that Big D's on tour in the like I went to Aaron Barrett's wedding. Okay. There's a reason yeah. I'm dropping that. It's because when I was first started off in the ska scene, like. Like I said, I liked Boss Jones and Operation Ivy, so I was very, and then the specials, and I, I thought, like, Scott should be like this, Scott okay. should be like this. And then when the West Coast brought all the color and all the goofiness, I remember being like, no, no. Like, <laughs> Stop. Yeah, like, like, I don't want this to come off like, like, there's a really cool essence to this genre. Let's, mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. not Disneyland it up. So I was a little bit like, you know, a little brat about it. Yeah. And, but then I met Real Big Fish, and understood their personality, and they were just on a different level that I didn't yeah. understand, and I totally get it now. And it's it's just fun. It's just a full circle for me. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's like seeing a girl in school and being like, I'd never date her, and then you marry her. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, I guess I didn't see what was coming. Right yeah. So, yeah, they're they're just really funny and really nice. Yeah, yeah. We were well, they were doing their sound check when we were up hanging out earlier, and they were doing their. Um, their suburban rhythm. Yeah, bar. yeah. Oh, that's like, one of my favorite things to do. I was like, yeah. what the hell are they doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen him do it because. When you're not paying attention, you're like, that <laughs> shift like, of gears, like, instantly. Yeah. It's, and then it's I'll awesome. take it back to the fans. Yeah. You know, because sometimes you go, you'll go on tour, like I'm kind of saying what I said before, but you go on tour with a band where you you don't like their fans. Yeah. So every day you're like, I don't like this party. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? This is a shitty party and I can't leave. Yeah. Yeah. That's you don't want to leave, but you don't want to talk to anybody at the party. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, so how was your side one, uh, your dumb relationship experience? with side one dummy? It was really good. But the only thing I would tell people is like, even if you get on a label, don't change your work ethic. Yeah. Like just, if you're keep on a label, keep it. acting like you're not on a label. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause you can't be like, oh, they got it. You're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like the mobile homes cruise control doesn't really mean you can go to the back and sleep. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if they sign you for a thing, don't change that thing. Yeah. Don't change that thing. And, and you have to, ins- the biggest thing is you have to be exciting and inspire them to work for you. Yeah. You know, if you're just like, if, if they're just sitting in the office and they're they're going to work on a different band. Right. Because they have more than one band. Yeah. You know, and you only have one label. Right. So, yeah. Is so it, it's like dating someone who's dating other people. You're like, yeah. love me. Yeah. Really. <laughs> is is uh, Strictly Rude you guys? That's side, side one, yeah. Oh, that's side one. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, no, the... It doesn't Strictly Rude Records put out the last Oh, couple? yeah, so then we just made Strictly Rude Records because we... We were repressing Shot by Lammy, and we got, we, after like a million years, uh, Mike Park and Avi gave us back those records, because mm-hmm. at that point, it's like, yeah. what, what are we doing? Um, and so we just, it's our imprint. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just to kind of have an umbrella. Got right. Under, yeah. And take care of it on your own. Yeah. And so, and so you know, I always liked that Skunk Records, like, thing. I always liked band imprints, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you guys working on now? So we just put out a covers record, which yeah, is really year. fun. Yeah. yeah, and we just did it. We usually put out EPs before LPs, just to right. kind of get the gears moving. And you have to like purge the old style a bit. You have to, yeah. you have to start a new book, you know. And uh, so instead of doing an EP, we did uh, a covers record, and so that's really awesome. But now, right now, we're one fourth through recording our new record. Okay. So right before going on tour, we recorded all the basics. Are you guys playing any new songs? The intro is a piece of a new song. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's cool. And I'll tell you the title. I've yeah. never said it before. It's called Dead Bottle. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a really fun song. Exclusive information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's fun. It's because it means that all your little ideas are now real things that you can say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll give you some more titles for fun. Yeah. Uh, Metal in the Microwave. That's, that's, one, <laughs> right. of, that's, that's one of my one. favorites. Um, you Buggin'. That's really fun. <laughs> that's a fun one. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the funnier ones. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're not sure about the title of this one. It's either going to be called I've Never Been in a Race Car or it's going to be called The Race Car Song. So we'll see. Or we might do two and have people go like, why didn't you just decide? <laughs> um, so and you then, can print like uh, covers like half that say one. I love that we did that with uh, the difference. With we named it something else for like Canadian releases. Oh, did you? Oh, it's wow. fine because it confuses you. Everyone's like, yeah. play the only thing that you hate, and I'm like, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then two more. Med her lazy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's, not, it's going in a different direction than you. Gotcha. Think. It's not going the Cosby direction. Uh, <laughs> it's going the like put people on drugs. You yeah. know, like yeah. right. And um, medical, like you know, as they are doing. Um, sociopath. Okay. I don't know if you can like s- get the theme of the record. Yeah. Right. But uh, those are fun. Yeah. Sounds yeah. cool. When do you think? Uh, I think the fall. Fall. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. But that's kind of a dart throw. But it's yeah, pretty it always accurate. is, isn't pretty it? Pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how did you guys decide to do the cover album? That's, um, well, that's a unique thing to. Uh, well, we learned. We learned. Uh, there's two reasons. We learned all of Energy from Operation Ivy, the whole right. record, which was quite a feat. Then yeah. we played it for one show. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's it's on our stuff, um, and we played it as an extra set, like the. The, you know what is it like an after party thing right. okay, yeah, yeah. for Amnesia Rock Fest in Canada okay. so that's what we were told Yeah. and so then we go to the Amnesia Rock Fest we play our set and I'm walking around and I see Darren from Goldfinger um, the drummer yeah, yeah. and uh, Goldfinger had done like Dookie the day before Okay. That's cool. so I said Darren what's up with this thing we're doing energy like yeah. how was the show and I was like how many people because sometimes people don't go to the yeah. right. like, how many people went like 25, 50, 100? And he goes, oh, you don't know? And I go, no, what? what? He goes, it's going to be like 8,000 people. Holy shit. I, I, and I was, like, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? It's like the after party. He goes, no, but it's still on the main stage. So we played a really good show around like 1.30 or 3. Yeah, yeah. And then around 1.45 a.m., we're playing a way Jeez. bigger stage yeah. in front of the most people we've ever played. It, System of the Down, da- we were on after System of the Down. Da- like, we're, wow. we're on the other thing. I mean, it's an ocean of people, right? Doing Oppa Ivy songs. Yeah, and, and oh, dude, I was, I was definitely, it, it was so surreal. And so I'm looking at Operation, that's I'm looking at System of the Down, da- and you know, they're going 10 minutes over, and I'm going like this, come on, System of the Down, it's late. Let's wrap this up, which is a funny thought to have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and being like, oh, you're doing, oh, you're doing another one? Come on. Yeah. Um, and then, Suddenly, uh, all these people who are at the show, like the Interrupters and the Suicide Machines and Tim Armstrong, are all horseshoeing around, you uh, know, the you back. Pl- you um, played energy for Tim Armstrong? Yeah, for Lint. Wow. I got Holy to play. Shit. I got to. I got to play all of energy in front of Lint. Oh, and uh, Matt. I think Matt Freeman yeah. was there for a little while. Yeah, Matt. And, I mean, I don't think there's a bigger honor. I don't think. Yeah, that's cool. I don't think there's a Wild. better thing I could wish yeah. for. You know what I mean? And because Operation Ivy is the reason. I did this because I remember with that cassette I used to put in my car, I used to be in a bad mood, 
because you know you have to go to school and it's winter and it sucks and you're yeah. young and yeah. things hurt. And uh, I put energy in and instantly I'd be like, oh, I'm totally fine now. <laughs> and I remember being like, you know, like my mood would just light switch on. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being like so appreciative of that. It's like when I grow up, I want to do that. But that's the moment. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and Damn. he came on stage for like two songs. And I'm like, I'm performing with Lint. Like, Holy my cow. life's not like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was like, that was it. That was the top. Yeah. yeah. Well, how was the reaction then? Because 8,000 people, I imagine, with System of a Down, I feel like a lot of them probably don't know Operation Ivy. Right. Exactly. Was right. it kind of weird? Okay, so once on Warp Tour, Kevin Lyman put us after 303 because he wanted to watch us. Yeah. And 303 was really big then. And so there was like thousands of people watching 303. And then when it was time for us to go on, you know, you've never really played a show until you've seen thousands of people walk away. Right. Yeah. We, we still had like 500 to maybe 800 people. Yeah, yeah. But thousands of yeah. people <laughs> walked away. So I already had that in my past to, I thought that was going to happen. Right. They all stayed. Everyone, awesome. everyone stayed, and and everyone, a lot of people, a lot of people knew it, yeah. And um, and you know, like I said, like I don't, I don't think I get off, or how do you want to say, like, on that kind of thing. You right. know what I mean? Like, like look at me in front of all of these people. <laughs> I've done it, You're mom. Just standing up. Right. Yeah. The whole thing was just pretty nerve wracking in general. I am and, Big D. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the lightning comes. Yeah. And, you know, but you know, it, for me, it was more like. For me, it was, you know, fear. I still get nervous or anxious yeah. before we play. And, you know, it's pretty illegal to be playing these songs in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you know, it's the whole blasphemy. Thing. Don't touch it. You know, there's right. like, just don't right. touch that. So we, we know that. We're aware. Yeah. So I really tried to, like, underplay it. Like, I didn't want to be, I hate to repeat myself, but an entertainer. So playing these songs is, you know, that whole I'm not worthy, you know, mm -hmm. thing. Um, so, you know, I just kind of, you know, I didn't, wear any sort of like thing like I didn't go for it with right, like, right. And, and I didn't like run around I didn't like I just sang the, I just I was just a vessel for the full song to come out yeah, yeah. and uh, and if you, you if you memorize all of those lyrics which I perfectly did which was I, was, I would bo I box them every day constantly yeah, like it was yeah. my most rocky thing I'd ever done was one of those <laughs> lyrics and uh, I just I just wanted to I just did those I just did the lyrics, did yeah, the lyrics. Yeah. Um, retrospectively you know I could see how Somebody would be like, "Why aren't you, you know, like dancing around and moving around right, in this right. crowd?" And because maybe a lot of because that's what people think about these days. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? um, And it's just because because that's that's not how I wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. I just wanted to I wanted to be um, uh, subbing in for Jesse's vocals, but not in any way borrow any of his right. Thunder. Take it. Yeah. Right. Didn't want to take anything away. Like yeah. Pay homage to it. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was I, I did a very I maybe maybe to, to some people too humble of a, an approach, but I, that's how I want to. I'd be. rather be too humble. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want that guy dancing around, being like, oh, "I'm Jesse, I'm um, Jesse," and I turn to the eight thousand people like, "We all shake know your head." Tim Armstrong's just shaking his head. You're like drawing all the tattoos on your. Yeah, yeah. I wear a clash shirt and have a bandana. Yeah. Actually, I did. I did do one thing because. He, he, a lot of photos I've seen when he's playing, he wears he wore a clash shirt. Right. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna wear my Mr. Bungle shirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was the closest thing I, yeah. I thought to do as yeah. a fun kind of quote. It was my only quote. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wore your favorite band's shirt. Well, I'm gonna wear one of my favorite. Bands right, shirt, right. You know. Um, but yeah, and then Tim coming out and doing a couple of things was just stupid. That's like, so awesome. Stupid in a positive way. Yeah. Surreal, yeah. <laughs> wow. Didn't yeah. Suicide Machines do a Operation Ivy set at Pusa? 
No, they played after Classics of Love, and everyone thought they were gonna like. Oh, it was just a do, rumor. The I rumor think I was that would have been smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, just are exhausting. And we, you know, we should just take a moment to say how unbelievably cool Jesse's mentality is of the old school punk rock thought, and like yeah. you know they. They probably uh, offer, I, I've heard this, you know, it's all hearsay, you know, millions right. of dollars uh, to do it. And it's just, he's like, right. nope. nope. That, that Same with Fugazi and Meyer Threat. It's pretty and, yeah. amazing. It's pretty amazing. It's impressive. Awesome. Every, I don't, every single other band has done yeah. it. Yeah. The, I'm pretty impressed. Their I mean, legacy is more important for having not, yeah. not done it. Like, yeah. Yeah, I agree. You guys play the Fest in Gainesville a couple Yeah, times, we've right? done it. Yeah, we want to play it more, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me. I think I saw you guys a couple years ago. There. Yeah, it was really fun. There were a decent amount of Scott bands that. We don't year. like they invited us, but we don't get invited to some things. Yeah, I, which is cool because it's like nothing has changed in my life, and I like that. Like, yeah, we're still the underdogs, even yeah. in the punk rock scene. Mm -hmm. We're still the rejected. I feel like we're still right. not the cool kids. Yeah. yeah, and so there's something like. Oh, it's just beautiful. I think you That's know what I mean. Kind that of what like happens when you do what you want. Like yeah, it, yeah, and and yeah, it's just one of those things where I thought I thought the punk rock scene was going to be a place right um, that would be you know fully accepted, and, and yeah. to a degree it has, but it's more like the ska scene that right was there. Yeah, yeah. I uh, switching from the hardcore scene to. We play in a more like emo-y, yeah, slower, like, like I don't not know. like more slower, like slower makes it's sense. Like, contemplative. Texas is the yeah. reason. Contemplative. <laughs> use revelation. Like Texas is the reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. Um, and going from the hardcore scene to that scene, is, I kind of felt the same way. Like hardcore scene was very cool guy, and like yeah, you, know, you got if you don't know the right people. I mean, there are some people who are all like crew, crew, family, crew, crew, yeah. crew, 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 and like yeah. that's cool if you got to do that, but like. When you're not part of the crew, 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 family, family, crew, yeah. crew, crew, you're like, well, cool, thanks. Yeah. I can't be on the baseball team. Right. You, don't even have, you don't even have members. Right. right. <laughs> and I'm still not asked to play in the outfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Forever um, a freak. Yeah. 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 Makes you proud of it. Oh, I totally. Yeah. It makes me very proud. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, you feel good? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then right at the end, you just smash the table. <laughs> How's tonight going to be? You guys play I like the size of the club. Yeah. yeah. Guys, I, We're on tour with Keep Flying. They're pretty amazing. Yeah, I just found out that was We're the Union guys, right? Uh, survey Says guys? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they, uh, I mean, I don't know if one guy is from something, but the main transformation was Survey Says to Keep Flying. Gotcha. Um, they got great energy. Yeah. And uh, the, the three-band package here is... It's pretty yeah. awesome. Have you watched the the Scottu Network guy? I'm not sure. Oh man. I don't know what you're talking you, about either. Scottu Network? No. He does like ska covers of like Oh, is it the Chabone kid? No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I um, think I met he him. was I think he was in Weird Union. He has like a YouTube channel. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, I does. met him in Starland Ballroom and I was I think I came at him like full dork. I was like <laughs> I was like Hey, you know, you and the guy on the thing. The thing in the hey. He does like, like he'll do like Green Day Dookie ska versions. Oh, that's But he awesome. plays like every instrument. Very, oh, okay. Very well, talented. Yeah. yeah. One of those guys that can yeah. just do all the yeah, instruments. Yeah, you're like, you're like, thanks. Yeah. It's like I do this one thing, kind of yeah. okay. He's a superhero team, but he's every guy in the yeah. superhero team. Yeah. He's done. He's done like American football, like ska. Yeah. Oh be, wow. He'd be X Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that just popped in my head. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, you got anything you want to shout out? Oh, I guess it's the new record. Um, 
<laughs> the, the covers yeah. record. Right, right. Um, You'll be well we'll along probably, in the tour by the time it comes yeah, out. So we'll probably be on tour a lot in twenty. Okay. Is, how long is this one going? Uh, I think we only have four, five more shows left. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Quick, little, quick little jaunt. You have another one coming up? Uh, no, finish the record. Okay. Finish but the record. we have like weekends and one-offs. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. It's hard because whenever you're about to. Whenever you become busy, like doing a record, yeah. that's when all the tour offers start coming. Yeah. And you're like, what? Right. You're like, no, I can't. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it doesn't that happen? Like, you have trouble with meeting girls and you have a girlfriend and then some, a girl asks you out and you're like, what? That never happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or get, you get married and... Yeah. yeah. And then you're, you're high, the girl you had a crush on in high school is like, I always loved you. And you're like, yeah. well, that worked out. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Right, well, thanks. Yeah. yeah, thanks for doing Good it. Really Everyone keep an eye out for the new record and... Uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of tours coming up afterwards, too. Yeah, 2020. Cool. Cool. There you go. <laughs> that was a good snap. Wow, what a great interview. Thanks for your time, Dave. And now, let's talk about some other things. So, do you guys want to play this game I prepared? <laughs> Um, I don't have I don't have a name. <laughs> I don't no, I don't know that I have a name for it yet. Okay, I'm tossing around like uh, Casey or Keezy or something like that. But this game is where I read you a quote and you've got to determine who said it. Popular author and drug user Ken Keezy or basis for the Dropkick Murphys Ken Casey. <laughs> okay. Yeah, is that anything? <laughs> Oh, where'd yeah, you get that? This? Where'd you get that koozie, MC? <laughs> oh, somebody on. <laughs> Sorry, Justin, your yes. game sucks. <laughs> somebody on Instagram posted a picture that they were making these, and I was into like must buy, <laughs> and they were like, "Uh, yeah, just send me four bucks and I'll mail you one." I was like, "Done." Wait, hold oh, on, yeah. Justin, do you have quotes lined up for the game though? Yeah. Wait, yeah. Who are the two people? Wait, so who's who's the drug user? Ken, uh, Ken, Ken Kesey, he wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and was part of the Merry Pranksters. Uh, okay. okay. And then, well, presumably Ken Casey also used to be a drug user. Um, he's the ba bass player from the Dropkick Murphys. The only original member. Is that true? <laughs> That's great. That's such a great game. Brandon, okay. you don't get it. It's I'll hard. give you $1,000 if you can name one other original member of the Dropkick Murphys who is still in the band today. And not just like Mike McColgan shows up on like St. Patrick's Day and sings the old songs. No, I don't. I no. couldn't name any other original members of the Dropkick There's Murphys. Oh. I can't even I mean, name a single member. The fact that you like had that name, I, I didn't know who that was. Wait, Ken Casey? Yeah, I have no idea. Like it, it, it came up in a in an interview or something. That's the only reason we have it. Like, I'll be yeah. honest. I know Ken Casey because I don't I work at the biz, the Stephen. Murphy's so I just don't know. Nineties when they were a good band. Yeah, not like Martin Scorsese's soundtrack for Boston Murder Mystery. Mafia when movies. when when we did them at the convention center, their whole like video wall was just like dock workers from like the early 1900s it's ridiculous they used a lot of imagery early on too but it was also they were a they were a working class punk band in the 90s and not just like we're doing songs for movies about mafias mafiosos in boston mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Woo! 
we were we were watching them play at the myth yeah the misfits gig at the wells fargo center the and lois is what yeah and lois is what the drop kicks open for that and lois is watching this uh video behind them and she turns to me and goes when was the last time you think any dropkick murphy worked hard labor at all yeah probably a while oh and i think ken might be the only irish one like he's got the really thick like the singer is scottish of well of scottish descent oh shit yeah yeah i mean dude the the i forget where we saw them at festival pier uh this is a couple oh, years yeah. ago now. Yeah. I think you were there, right, Justin? I was, yeah. Didn't I see you? It was... Souls. Ba- Bouncing Souls. Rancid. I wanted to go to that. Dropkick Murphys. Did someone else play? They did, but I couldn't tell you who. But it was like... The Souls, I think, were the best show, Like, the band on the show. Like, they just, yeah. like, fucking obviously have, like, their energy... And then Rancid, like, played, like, this, like, no-frills, like, set. There was, like, barely any lights on the stage when they played. They crushed. Yeah, and they were great, but, like, there was, like, nothing. Like, no no lights, no content on the video wall. It was just them playing on a black stage. And then, Perfect. like, God, then, so then, cool. <laughs> then, Murphy, then Murphy's get up, and it's like, we just watched, like, this great punk show. And there was 10,000 people here playing No Frills fucking punk rock. And here comes Dropkick Murphy. It's like, what's up, Philadelphia? This song's for Boston. It's like a a kid's punk band opening for his uncle's bar band. Yeah, but it's (laughs) just like, it's such, it's such a gimmick. And like, I, I respect anyone that can make money in this fucking business. It's, it's hard, but it's just like, Ugh. Like they were just they're not they're not a punk band. They can't play with other punk bands. They're Brent, no, Brent, they that used to that be, but they're not anymore. Yeah. That that Misfits gig was Agnostic Front, Dropkick Murphys, and the Misfits. Agnostic Front, while tight, had no business being on stage that big. Because yeah. they just they sounded like you were listening to them from the practice space next door. It's just like all womp 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 like yeah. stuff. And then Dropkicks came out. And it was the exact same show with the the board, and it's like you're in a like a fireman's banquet at a rec hall. Yeah. And and then the misfits. You, you, you know what I you know what I thought of. Like, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go like, ahead. Watching Dropkick Murphys because I've seen them now in the last couple of years more than three times. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. It's it's like going to like an Irish like museum. You know when you walk through it, and there's like there's like a there's like video content when you're like going you're walking through the museum, and it's just like, and these were the boys on the dock, and they and they work so hard, and they work for a nickel a day. <laughs> All right, it's so fucking perfect. So two things, one. The, the, the Philly I'm going to get fired show. for saying all this shit. <laughs> Don't worry, man. You won't be able to work for a few months anyway. One, blow the Philly Misfits show was one of the worst ones. The best one to go to would have been, what was it? Rancid, Misfits, and was it Cro-Mags in New oh, York? Shit. That was the yeah. one to go to at Madison Square Garden. And if fucking Jake hadn't gotten married that Saturday, I would have been in New York and not Jacksonville Beach. Anyway, Damn, Stephen. 
Smoking Not Steven. Oh, God damn it, Steven. Steven didn't even go to the goddamn wedding, and he was invited. Um, uh, The other thing I wanted to say is we've been shitting on Dropkick Murphys a lot, but I'm going to tell you right now, you put on Do or Die, that first record they put out, and it, may, it still makes me feel like I could run through a fucking brick wall like the Kool-Aid Man because that record is so good start to finish. I love that album. I wish they could still put out an album like that. So Even half as good as that would be better than anything they're doing now. So I haven't listened to them in a long time, but uh, when the Warriors Code came out, I was really excited about it. Can we stop talking about the Dropkick Murphys? Uh, not quite, because y'all didn't play my goddamn game yet. Okay. I don't you like the play? game, though. I think all this, right. this all started because I didn't know the premise of the game. Did you guys follow a... Uh, um, fuck, not not Reverend Peyton. What's the... Reverend you know, Horton the, Heat. Reverend, yeah. The Reverend just, Horton I, Heat I, thing. I just, where... I just confirmed a date for him. Nice. <laughs> Did you see How his post? You know, yeah, I saw it. Well, so so he had this whole like controversial thing. Like I don't even want to say controversial because I don't think it's controversial. He was like complaining about like not being able to like congregate in large gatherings, and it's like my First Amendment right and my um, you know right right <laughs> yeah. to assembly, and then all weird, all the weird all flex, his, but all of his shows got canceled, and he blamed like promoters and agents and venues and stuff like that. It's just like why are you blaming like the people that like are really actually taking the hard hit yeah Yeah. why are you blaming the people that actually do all the work to make you happen the people he's gonna have to email again in four months and be like hey can you book my show now he's pretty he's like he's a boomer huh yeah he's a boomer for sure i mean what's their name the exploited kind of did the same thing they're like we're not going to cancel our tour because of a virus and then like two weeks later they're like, well, we had to cancel because literally every club canceled our shows. So what can you do? Right. But they weren't all they were also weren't out there like, we're going to do it anyway. Fuck everybody. They were like, we're not really worried about this. And then all of a sudden, well, we don't have a choice. Yeah, we like so after that, it was that night of the DOA show that we started getting like, you know, calls from agents and stuff like that and bands. And we like made like a decision we're just going to close now before people tell us to close. Like, we're just going to do it. And we had like two local, like local hardcore shows. And it was just like, Hey, we're, we're closed for the week. I'm like canceling two sold out shows that I have on a Friday. And then a Sunday night, we're going to cancel your shows as well because we're canceling these shows. They were super pissed. They and they were like super, super pissed. They were just like, Oh, like the chameleon club, like, caved in to pressure to closing and like stopping music. I was like, yo, I don't care about your show. I am happy that you are like, you want to play, but like we canceled things that are actually making us a lot of money. It's a little bit more serious than. (laughs) So (laughs) what a shame you're being responsible to the people that were paying to come in the doors. So I did not cancel my show on, I think that was Saturday, March 14th is the date in question. Um, and every band that got canceled at that chameleon club tried to get on my show. And I just did the hard flex, like guys, four bands, no fests, four bands. The show has been booked. You didn't want to play this one. Sorry. And maybe I'm a dick, 
But like, I didn't cancel it because the garage holds like 50 to 60 people. And at that point, people were saying, keep it less than 100. Not yeah. a big deal. And then, what was it? Monday, they were like, shut everything down. And it, and it, it is, is what, what it, it is. is. Yeah, it is what it is. It's just like, I just remember, like, not just from, like, the hardcore people, but we had, like, another local show booked, and everyone was like, oh, this is so fucked up. Like, you're, like, canceling. Like, a sh-. it's like, yeah, we're canceling a show because there's a fucking pandemic. Yeah. And you, and- can, ne- you can never win if you, like, work for the fucking Chameleon Club. It's been my experience. Like, if we have a sold-out show, people are complaining about being too packed. If it's a dead show, they're like, well, the Chameleon Club didn't book it. If there's a pandemic, oh, man, like, fuck you. You did this shitty show. Like, everyone hates the place so much, but they still go there. It makes no sense to me. Dude, that picture that they posted of the, uh, what was it, the, like, flyer wall that's completely empty is the most depressing thing. The picture that I posted. Yeah. <laughs> And I think uh, I think what's his name? Fucking Ryan was like, "Is this a?" Uh, oh what's... yeah, I was t- I was texting Stephen last night I about was like, that. He was like, "Is this a is this a hint that the what did he call it though?" No, called... no, no. This is what. Okay, so I don't. Are, he lives in your your house, right? No, 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 not anymore. He okay. moved out. I, I'm he not lives talk- at home I'm, again. I'm not talking shit on this kid. I like want to make it very clear. I'm always happy that people are involved in music, and that's that's my disclaimer. This kid posted on the chameleon like response to that wall and was like, "Is this a quote unquote teaser for that's you closing down?" And I, who the fuck does a teaser for closing their business? <laughs> <laughs> like, was so I was so like dumbfounded by like is this a teaser for closing it's like what stay tuned guys big announcement on monday yeah big big announcement we're done um hey guys while you're waiting for the big announcement on monday come out to our show on friday and saturday (laughs) but i sent it i sent like i sent like a screenshot to like everyone that like you know is management the chameleon and i was like do you remember this kid's like name and everyone's like no it's like this is the guy who and I'm, again, I'm not making fun of him. I'm just stating something that he said. He went to a Cannibal Corpse show at the Chameleon Club and didn't have a good time. And he said, boycott the Chameleon Club, but support the Lizard Lounge. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, well, it's the same fucking thing. <laughs> just, uh, just an interesting kid right there. Is he a kid? Am I making fun of a child? I think he's like 22 now, 23, 22, 23. When are people starting to reschedule shows or are they starting to reschedule shows? So we did, um, we did a lot of reschedules for March and April going into June and July. And now June is starting to disappear. So some, some things are starting to get re rescheduled from June into later in the fall. Like I had piebald, on March 27th, and that got rescheduled to June 23rd or 24th, and they're gonna pick a December date now. Oh, uh, wow. Reverend, Hort- Reverend Horton, he um, not announced and it's not official yet, 
but you know we're working on new dates down down the line everything in june probably will go away um honestly i i don't really know it's all speculation i know but to me it's like how how comfortable or confident will anyone be being around people right it's not in like June it's gonna or, in June or July. It's not gonna go back to normal as soon as like some decree opens the states back up. Well, yeah. yeah. The the reason I question that is because uh, Stephen's topic that he never brought up was um, the fest lineup, uh, the fest down in Gainesville, and when he sent me that list, I was like, dude, that's stacked. I really want to go, and then I was like, huh, it's not gonna happen. Like, uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know, like. It's a uh, part of me wants to be like super confident and be like, Hey, we're going to, we'll be open by August. Yeah. Right. And it'll be back to normal and shows can happen and festivals can happen. But realistically, I'm like, yeah, probably won't. But then thinking that too is also like all these venues, if they have to stay dark until July, August, September, October, November, out of business. they'll close. Yeah. Because like yeah. right right now what we're what we're thinking about is you know what are these loans what are these grants that we can get with this stimulus stuff, but you still owe and money at some point. That's your your business is dead for six months and you get a loan that you have to pay back. Well, did you see the the SBA? The first ten grand is a grant if you have under fifty employees. I don't know how many employees you have, but that's. That's to keep your employees. That's not like a loan to just like stay yeah, open. Yeah. That's like to pay your employees, which uh, well, you know, I, I, apl I applied for it. <laughs> no. Yeah, you totally should. And and we did as well. But it's not like it's not like, hey, ten thousand dollars is going to keep you open. Right. Like our our so, at least the Chameleon Club, our business and our overhead, that ten thousand dollars can get spent in fucking days. Yeah, a yeah. month max. Right. So, what I've been reading, because I, I, I don't know, this this shit just interests me, and I don't, I don't have a lot of free time because I've been telling these guys I've been working fifty plus hours a week, six days a week because I don't have people to work right now, so I'm just eating up the hours. And as dumb as it is, like if I can keep making money, I'm going to do it because I know there For are sure. people that would beg to be in my position, but uh. I've been reading on this stuff and trying to find the articles that pertain to what I'm interested in, not just like the actual, like the information in the big picture. And I, I don't think that like, you'll see big events, festivals, sporting events, et cetera, until like literally March of next year. I think they'll open it up for much smaller number of venues earlier. Yeah. I don't know when, but, uh, um, I mean, our, our plan right now is we don't know when we can actually do, like, you know, 800-person shows. Yeah. So, like, our right. upstairs might be closed for the rest of the year. That's not a quote, but I'm just saying it might be. That's a possibility. But if, you know, if if Governor Wolf says, hey, we're going to be open to, to gatherings with 75 people or less, like, Pat I'm going to open up the, I'm gonna open the Lizard Lounge and put 50 people in there just to get the bar going. Get some people working. Yeah, like you have to, you have to do that. Like I'm, you look at like a, a, we'll a come venue. Play. Yeah, no, I, and I, I would we'll love come play. to have we'll, you guys we'll there. We'll buy beer. 
it's all of all of my friends and family work at the Chameleon Club. It's all like my wife is a bartender. One of my best friends is the bar manager. Like everyone is intertwined in this business that is completely fucking obliterated by like this current status. Of, right. And it's uncertainty. Just such uncertainty. It's crazy. It sucks. Did you apply for unemployment, Brandon? Well, no, because I'm a I'm a contract worker. Oh, so, okay. So now I saw a thing on the the PA website that contract workers are allowed to apply for unemployment in like a week or two. Okay. So so the Chameleon Club, I, I'm not like employed by the Chameleon Club. I'm a, I'm a contracted employee. I'm my own okay. business. I'm my own business. I book my own shows because I book shows other places. So, so I'm my own, I'm my own business. So that was like the thing it was like, Oh, you can apply, you can apply for unemployment. No, you, I don't, I can't. Yeah. They, <laughs> I, I was going to say they opened it to self-employed maybe this week or they're going to, or I, I, I no, I think it's next, I think it's next week. It, or something okay. Like self-employed next week yeah. too. Yeah. Cause a lot of my friends are like small business bosses and it's like, yeah. Oh, we can't do this like my business is closed but i can't apply for this yeah yeah um mitch our bass player he's sort of in the same boat he's a i guess an independent contractor being a barber um i'm not exactly sure how that works but he hasn't been able to get any kind of assistance yet from unemployment or anything so he's just hurting well and a lot of a lot of people not saying myself but a lot of friends that i know they do things in a way that is a little under the table. Right. And we all do. Yeah. And it's not a criticism, obviously, because I kind of do that stuff as well. But those people, they're not going to be helped at all by any of this stuff. No, no, not at all. (laughs) So you, you've done something because, you know, you're taxed the fuck out of, everything and you're just like yep i'm gonna i'm gonna lie about this and then something like this happens and you're like completely fucked you massage the numbers to work in your favor and now it's fucking you yeah totally it's fucking scary man it's i almost feel guilty for feeling fine you know what i mean like i'm doing okay and it feels weird because not that i want this to be normal by any means because all my friends are suffering but I'm like, I go to work like three days a week and get unemployment. And my my stimmy hit my bank account this morning. I don't know about you guys. I got mine today sure. too. Damn, no. I didn't kill get mine Trump. Yet. Ugh, Ugh, cut so that. Dirty. Cut that. I felt so <laughs> dirty. No, I think you need to leave it and like the the remorse is the oh god, that felt so dirty, so you bad. Had wrong bank account set up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucked up. Well, for 28, it was an. It's a closed account from the 2018 one because we did our 2019 ones just a couple days ago. Yeah. So it went off 2018, and it's our old bank account. So wait, do you, does that mean you get the tr- the the check with Trump's name on it? Because I got a direct deposit. I don't see his name on the check. I want one of those checks that has his name on it. I, I want the ch- I want the account. check so I can mobile deposit and keep it. Exactly. That's the power move. That's I, a bunch of people that 
I'm friends with for whatever reason on Facebook are being like, man, if you cash this check, Trump's your president. Try and change my mind. And like, I just keep sitting here thinking like, nah, even deadbeat dads bring home a pizza sometimes. Hey. Right. <laughs> you know what? what uh, during the recession, <laughs> 10, 15, 10, 12 years ago, I was working at a bank and the, uh, the bank I worked for did not like need to take the money from the bailout. But mm-hmm. they ended up taking some of it, and our CEO sent us like a letter to all the employees and basically said, look, if everyone's on a level playing field and everyone else gets a bump and you don't take that bump, you're an idiot because you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. So by not right. cashing that check when literally everyone around you is getting it, you're just putting yourself at a disadvantage, which kind of Dude, makes Dude, I, 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 you know... I was telling my wife, I'm like, I'm a hardcore saver. Like I yeah. hate, I hate spending money. And yeah. the only reason, the only reason that I'm kind of okay in this situation is that like, I just haven't fucking spent money. If I make any kind of money, I just put it in my bank and I don't touch it. I'll buy beer somewhere, but I don't like do anything like fucking opulent. And right. I still like, you know, there was the, there's a, an organization called music cares who are, are fucking fantastic. And since I work in the music industry, it's for, for touring professionals, musicians, production workers and promoters and stuff like that. And I'm not saying I'm rich, but I had, you know, a little bit of savings and I still applied for like this, you know, grant for music cares and they helped me out and they paid rent for me. And it was Shit. fucking, they did it before the fucking U S government did it. Wow. That's awesome. So like I, I've talked to a bunch of friends that work in music and they were able to get this money and it saved their fucking lives because they stepped up before the fucking fucking federal government stepped up. Yeah. Well, the yeah. federal government was three months behind what they should have been. Let's be honest. It's just sad. It's sad when like, you know, this place, this country knows that there's people that work on the fringes and they just treat all of us like shit. Right. Yeah. Sorry. (sighs) Sorry for making this political. (laughs) It's okay. I know. I know Steven's a Trump supporter. Well, he does live in Hanover. That he name, does live in Hanover. <laughs> that name should be bold and italicized on those checks. I think it is. Good. Probably. It's like his like standard Sharpie signature. <laughs> oh. Bro, it says Donald J. <laughs> the R's, the R's backwards. Atomic size. Wow, you guys got deep while I was gone. Deep and dark. I'm we sorry. did. I mean, it's 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 kind of hard not to right now because this whole thing sucks and like. If, if you want to be 100% honest, we had all the warnings for months before we got to the point where we're at. And we could have definitely avoided most of this had we taken the proper steps day one rather that, than day that would That would have never happened, though. I was, I was talking about this. Like, do you guys still have, like, Trumper fans on your Facebook? Yeah, some. Very, yeah, like a, very like a, few. Yeah. yeah, but you have, like, a couple people. So like there was like this thing that a couple people that I know were sharing. It was just like their survival rate of COVID nineteen is ninety eight point thirteen, you know, thirteen percent. The mainstream media should share this, and I was like, no, 
if CNN shared that, Americans would like walk outside and oh, like a, yeah. go to bars and start hanging out. Like you need to like shock people into being like, "Hey, stay the fuck home." Yeah. You can't I mean, tell you can't you, you can't tell people that they're safe and everything's fine because then they'll make it not fine. And but not what you're way. saying right now is exactly what our leadership in this country did for two months after Absolutely. knowing what could come. And they, they, I don't know. Had they done things proactively, we wouldn't be where we are at right now. Yeah, like, but you're, you're thinking of Donald Trump and his administration of doing things proactively. <laughs> it makes me sad to read articles about fucking... George W. Bush being proactive on this exact subject and actually being like very, very like proactive in getting prepared for this exact situation. And, you know, Donald Trump was just like, no, 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 it's just going to disappear. It's going to be zero. It's going to be zero very soon. Trust me, it'll be zero very soon. You will not believe how soon it will be down to zero. You guys are starting to piss me right the hell off. I don't know. I went on a whole tirade about this. I, I will end it. They're not going to my... Let's talk about the Dropkick Murphys again. Yeah, it's true. Have you guys watched, though... Are you guys all fans of The Office? Like the television show? I like The Office, but I've seen it on Comedy Central so much that I'm almost at the point where I don't need to see the reruns for a while. It's really just a reference point. Have you seen the Some Good News with John Krasinski? I have not seen... um, Yeah, so Jim... Jim, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Jim does a a YouTube series once a week called some good news where he just like has people send in stuff that's going good. And like people walking out like COVID free from hospitals. And, um, he paid for the whole COVID unit of a, um, Boston hospital to go to Fenway and throw out pitches and had like David and have had like David Ortiz on the big screen, like thanking them for what they're doing and stuff. It's pretty cool. It's, it's like adorable and makes you like weepy. Except it's Boston, so I don't care. Yeah. Sorry, sports really ruined that city for me. Fair enough. The Uh, best thing I ever saw happen was the Boston Bruins losing last year's Stanley Cup and watching the Bruins players stand there and cry. Brad Marshall Literally crying on TV as the other team won the Stanley Cup because they thought that they should have just, like, they thought they deserved it more and that they should have to, like, just be given it and they didn't earn it. The other team earned it and won it and they didn't and they cried. And I want to like, I want to belittle them about crying even more, but just watch the videos. It is hilarious. Like a guy, a guy who is famous for nothing more in his hockey career than licking dudes faces because he's that much of a weirdo. Like he looks people's faces to try to get under their skin. He was sitting there on the ice crying because he lost. He licks people's faces on the ice. Yes. Hell, like he's yeah. that's awesome. That. No, it's fucking weird and bizarre. That's no. that's what I want out of my sports celebrities. MC okay, time out. So I want everyone to know that Justin, <laughs> uh, our host here in the year 2020, COVID-19 pandemic, 2020 year of the plague, wants sports players licking each other on the ice and spreading their germs. I. I didn't mean it like that. I just yep. think that the I- he is out there. He is the reason that there is a um, shit. A what did big I miss? Hot spot in Boston, buddy. That's like that's like a. I'm shitting on Boston as hard as I can right now. 
It's like a what, Stephen? Like genocide. I don't think it's that bad. So, Brandon, <laughs> I start. I talked about um, <laughs> Jim from Jim from the Office has a YouTube thing called uh, Some Good News. Yeah. Like talk talks about good things happening, and in, he's from Boston, so he took a bunch of COVID nurses to Fenway Park and had them throw out pitches, and it was heartwarming, etc. And MC started yelling about Boston because one of the Bruins players, I guess, uh, will just lick his opponents to to unsettle them. <laughs> oh, weird. You know, it's yeah, not but I, I can't rise when he loses. It's, is, it's not. It's not un, It's not like him going to settle them. It's like a, like a ha fuck you. Like, yeah. I'm, it's like a gloating almost. The most. Oh, that sucks. Here, if though, he was, is, he's just a he, licker. He's out like there a licking licker. guys' faces, but then he cries when he loses. So like, either have the big balls to go out there and lick dudes' faces and, and be like, ha ha, I'm a dick, or don't cry when you lose. I'm. I'm picturing having the full plastic. So I'm not well versed on hockey. Does everyone have the full plastic front no. face or is that basically no. everyone Do, does, does anyone? Okay. Almost everyone I'm, does. I'm picturing having that Wait, and being have, a couple inches. The, the visor? Yeah. The visor, yeah, but it doesn't go past the eyes unless oh, you're. That's fine. But, yeah, it's, but it's I'm down pic- to like the eyes and nose, basically. I'm picturing wearing one of those and being inches from this dude's tongue licking my visor and seeing it like go up. To oh no, he licks like the, the side of their cheek under the visor. Well, that's not cool. Does the vi- does the visor move up? Can you can you I th- like you flip to, it? Can you flip it? Or is it just can it, oh. it is solid in place? Oh, I don't like that. Well, I'm like you flip not, your shades I'm, up. Yeah, yeah no, like if you that. just like flip them up. <laughs> What purpose would that serve during a game? Here comes the hundred know, in case you're fine, it, it, Let me flip down my visor. I don't know if you're like casually skating around and like the coach is like calling you out and you're like, oh, <laughs> flip my visor up. I want to like actually see him face to face. I don't know. Have you ever been on the fucking ice, dude? The power purposes only. I'm picturing someone skate kicking some ice up into my eyes and needing the visine, so I pop my visor up a little bit and apply yeah, drops. Help the whole helmet. That back. that too. Yeah, you don't want to. You you need some visine. You don't want to take your whole helmet off. <laughs> no, no, Just, they go like this. They you go, pop them up. They go like this. Nah. Yeah, I don't know. If I was the commissioner, I would run things a little differently. <laughs> yeah. So, I'd let Bobby Boucher cut people with his skate. So this doesn't, <laughs> that this doesn't apply. Right guy, but that was Happy Gilmore. God damn it. I'm mixing up. <laughs> I, I love that you corrected yourself. <laughs> we were all, we all going to let it slide. Yeah, everyone else is just like, that sounds close enough. <laughs> we're going to let it slide and have, the, have all the listeners write in angrily. I watched, um, this is totally off topic. I watched Old School this morning while I was riding my stationary bike. <laughs> That's, I, <laughs> I wake up I, dude, I wake I wake up at like six AM to exercise and I watch movies. And today was today was old school. And can I say the hard F word was thrown around so easily back oh, in two thousand three. Yeah. Like it was yeah. nothing. Yeah, I, like I, I, Luke, Luke Wilson gets in that taxi cab in the intro of the movie, and it's just like, "Hey, I I don't have a seatbelt. What what should I do? I recommend you stop being a 
Yeah. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen that movie in a while, but that's we've we've been rewatching older stuff or picking movies from the late '80s, early '90s, and our evenings, and we've noticed it a lot too. Like it was in Sleepaway Camp three at least three times tonight. Um, I tried to rewatch The Sopranos, and man, that came out in what the late '90s. Late nineties, early two thousands, yeah. Yeah, it ran through like two thousand five, I think. But man, they so. dropped they dropped that homophobic F slur in those early seasons. Like it is, and or uh or any like it, they say it so often. Like I couldn't even get through the first season to rewatch it. It was that uncomfortable. Hmm. But I remember that show being like when I watched it as you know at the time, it was one of the best shows on TV, and I think. So do you it, think it's not a not a great show anymore because of that? No, it still is. It's just very hard to It's weird. It's like going back in time. Yeah, it's hard to very watch up, it. Yeah, very up the time. like standards in place where you hear that and it's just like, wait, what? What why why would you There's a thousand other words you could use and but it's hard. Like it's just hard to watch it and hear that and not well, that's just like in 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 The Hangover, because that's another movie I watched while I was working out at six a.m. <laughs> and the fucking um, Bradley Cooper's character. Oh yeah, yeah. Pulls pulls up. He's like, paging doctor. Yeah. It's like, Whoa. what year was The Hangover? That was <laughs> that was mid two thousand eight nine. Yeah, that's I definitely right wasn't. I wasn't in high school anymore. It's on the cusp of where like society really was like, yeah, that ain't cool. Well, no, but I wanna I wanna talk about the the Reservoir placeholder tour because oh. that that first episode that I listened to, I felt I felt a little offended. <laughs> what did we say? <laughs> I think Wait, I should, you you, you, you didn't even. You, I'm gonna was, I'm gonna go I, pee. I'll be right back. You you CMC. You talked about, I think it was with Keith, what's his face from that band from Michigan, um, Empire Empire. Yeah. And that was that was the interview with that guy. And you talked about how you got to Flint that night. And you didn't even mention Placeholder. You said, well, the band that we were on tour with, we'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> That was not I remember. I it no, that was, was. I know it was intentional from Steven. Yeah. I know Steven was being a fucking dickhead. No, you were. I specifically called no. you a dickhead. I, I know you called me a dickhead. I was saying you're being a dickhead on your own podcast. Oh. He was being a dickhead that day, too, because I... I have a vivid memory of him in untied Timberland boots in a Five Guys yelling at you on the phone. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> well, you're probably the other side. He told you to suck his dick, I think. Oh, um, I do remember that. I do remember that. Yeah. And then we were, we were, we were talking about that. I just want to say this. Whatever <laughs> happened, happened is obviously now eight years in the past. Right, but oh boy, <laughs> here it comes. No, you'll you'll agree, Justin, and so you, Steven. Probably. Probably, yeah. That breakdown 
of that van was the biggest blessing in all of our lives. Oh, yeah. Because do you remember, like, when we left, like, that trailer that you guys had had, like, a wooden frame? Yeah. It was a piece of shit. And then we had, like, the back... The back area, which, like, was, like, honestly reminiscent of, like, I don't use this lightly, a slave ship. <laughs> like, I don't even, even want to... I don't even want to say it like that because it's not that bad, but it was gross. I just remember Josh just like curled up with a bottle of Captain just being like, I'm, it's my shift in the back seat. And I was like, we, we're going to do a full U.S. tour with this guy curled up in the back with a fucking <laughs> bottle of Captain? <laughs> me, 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 Steven, and Josh were in that when it broke down, and you guys all got out and were like, I think the van's like dying, and I don't think we left the lounge at all. We just laid on sleeping bags, and then the truck got, the van got put on a flatbed truck, and we stayed on top of sleeping bags under the, the loft. Yeah, none of, you, none of you guys left because we were like, we have to like get everyone home, and they wouldn't let us like have anyone and, else in the van. I think Andy ended up with uh, with the tow truck driver. Yeah. yeah. It had to be the best drive home ever. Oh, man. <laughs> but, like, seriously, like, how would have we survive with two people curled up in the back cargo area an entire tour? The week leading up to that, I just had visions in my head of, like, the trailer fishtailing off of a cliff in California and us being pulled to our deaths. It was all I could think about. Yeah. <laughs> and I've never toured with a trailer after that, and I don't think I ever want to. And then we, we bought this luxurious van, and <laughs> Steven wanted to be an asshole, so I fucking called him on it, and... Wait, no, your no. Tour, your you, tour was canceled, I, bro. You, you didn't <laughs> call anything. You, like... What? You didn't call anyone on anything. You guys were like, oh, we're going to fucking go on this tour. Ha <laughs> ha. And didn't say shit. And then I... Bullshit, dude. <laughs> bullshit. I'm getting calling it aired. you on your bullshit. No, because, getting it aired out. Because we bought that van. Yeah. And we, and we fucking, we bought that van for like $4,000. Yeah. I had to like right. call my mom to like wire me like $2,000 to do that. Like, imagine calling your mom. Like, hey, can I go on this shitty fucking tour? Can you wire me $2,000 so I can buy this <laughs> to, van for my piece buy, of shit friends? To buy the van I've never seen in person. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah I don't even know what this fucking thing looks like. We're going to drive to Erie tomorrow to pick it up. So we told you that, and we were like, yeah, we're going to buy this van. Can you chip in a little bit? And you said no. And I said, well, then we're not going to drive you on the tour. And then you said... Well, we weren't going to charge you for traveling in our van. And I said, that was never discussed. That's yeah. fair. So it's the ethics of it. There's no ethics. You <laughs> never. No, it's the ethics of we, it. We never no, had... there's no ethics. You never told me that Business you wanted ethics. money. You never told me that you wanted money for the van. Had you, said, had you said, hey, we want like $1,000, I probably would have been like, yep. Fair. No, I didn't want money for the van, though. That was my point. That's why it's the business ethics. But why would I pay for a van 
to continue on the tour with the complete like change of the game and then not ask you for any money and just let you come along for free business because the plate well because the placeholder curse killed our van no (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i just have business ethics you You know that business ethics know that we don't care about this at all at this point now now, but i have i have to talk about it and i'm very thankful i know i know fucking steven cares about it I'm very thankful we didn't go on that tour because <laughs> didn't you guys drive home from like Dallas or something? Um, so that tour, or was the that, van that we, the van that we the van we bought had to get repaired after Nashville? The tour is awesome. Not nearly as bad as Dallas. Yeah, the tour is awesome. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Sure, it's great. Yeah, played a lot of good shows. I bet they were wonderful. They we weren't got, all wonderful, but they were pretty good. We were not that good of a live band at that point we would have had a miserable time no way we were a good live band then we're not anymore well no so when we had songs that worked in a live setting we would have blown you out of water every night that's what i mean we turned our amps up too loud to fight each other me and andy and then our amps were just way too loud and you you could never hear vocals and and no sound person at all knew how to mix all three of us because andy and i were like yelling and josh was crooning so no you could never hear josh so it was uh i don't know we never quite found our footing as a live band that's true Stephen, fuck you. <laughs> what do you mean that's true? Get out of here. <laughs> what was... I don't even know if this, this podcast is wrapped or not. No, it's recording still. <laughs> yeah, thanks. What was, the, what was your favorite Reservoir show you ever played? Ooh. Do you have one in mind, Stephen? I have a couple. I'm saying favorite, not couple. I know. Well, one that so the one that sprang immediately to mind um, was Steven's. I call it wasn't the Shredder. What was that house in Boise on that West Coast tour? Oh, I forget. Caldwell House. No. Might, I don't know. It was um, the guys from Step Brothers. Something about dog. Like, yeah, it might have been the dog or the Dag House or. I think it was the Dog House. Might have been the Dog House. It wasn't like wildly well attended but we played in this dude's like the living room of his like hippie pad and there were like 25 people in there and it was like packed to the gills and Who's i felt hippie? <laughs> <Brandon>. <laughs> hiccupings. And I, I felt like that night we played really well and the reception was cool it was just one of those shows where everything kind of gelled into like what it was supposed to be the whole time so i don't know i like that one i'm struggling right now i'm looking at her show archive should have one that just pops to mind the menzinger show we played that you booked oh yeah you played that one yeah without josh tommy played with us my one of my favorites was probably our first show oh yeah i love that show i was there yeah and then you had that that ep with the blue yeah the demo yeah yeah i thought you i thought when when i went to that show and i got that demo i thought you guys were gonna be big (laughs) <laughs> i really did i really truly did I, thank like, you for that I, there was a lot of hype on the demo i thought that there was a possibility of us yeah no, the, the demo was really fucking good that's why i signed you guys 
I can I could cock my head and see your share of the records from that. <laughs> I don't actually know where my records went. No, you you think... gave them to me. Did I give them to you? Yeah, you did. Oh, you, okay. you texted me one day, you're like, hey, I don't want to move these around anymore. Do you want them? <laughs> and, Hell yeah. and you gave them to me, so I have them. Hey, here's a good one, Justin. Yeah? That one in North Carolina where we had, like, the best push pit ever. And that dude rapped outside at us for an hour. Oh, that was a good one. Which tour was that on? Case Racer. Was it Case Racer? Where some guy rapped and said, I can throw a football farther than Brett Favre's father. That was like his line. Yeah. That's a good line. It would have been better if he just used like Brett Favre <laughs> instead of father. <laughs> and the, the pacing was like, I can throw a football farther than Brett Favre's father. No, no, no. This is the line. I can throw a football farther than Brett Favre's father. Uh, Brand, I think you... You probably heard the story, but the Case Racer show on that tour that was my favorite was when uh, the entire town of Front Royal turned against us and tried to jettison us out from that city as quickly as possible. Was I not there at that show? Was that a different no. show? No. Uh, I think it was also Justin Matthews' house. Because yeah. we played there with you guys, and it was great. Totally it was at, fun. Totally at Justin's house. And, yeah. yeah, and it was really fun when we played with you guys. And we went back, and there was a band or two that was on their way either to or from This Is Hardcore. So there was, like, a group of, like, hardcore meathead guys there. And, sure. they were th- and they were thrown around the hard F, like, quite a bit. So Case Racer decided to play Limp Wrists, I Love Hardcore Boys, I Love Boys Hardcore, and, like, called them out on it. And at one point, someone pushed Andy so hard that he hit his, his – uh, 412 and flipped like over it oh my god <laughs> like over the back of it and <laughs> this big <Bro>. dude <laughs> that's the second time andy got flipped over an amp by really? a dickhead <laughs> what was yeah, the first time when the st louis thing happened and they're being that dude with the brass knuckles one of them walked by and andy was just loading the van not a part of anything they just walked by and went poo and just pushed for the amp. <laughs> But that happened, and then that dude, like, Josh was carrying something out, and there was a dude on the balcony thing, and he, like, spit on Josh and was, like, yelling at him. And then before we even played the show, Stephen, we were walking around on the streets, and someone threw a full Taco Bell cup at us. Like, an entire soda. Yeah. I was just like, wow. I don't remember. I was looking out for my I was looking out for my safety, MC. You would remember if it was Baja Blast. Yeah, that seems so weird. I, I never had that experience over there. No. So wait, was this Front Royal, Virginia? Yeah. yeah. So here's the final talking point. Uh, damn it, <laughs> Stephen. Here's the final talking point. What's everyone's favorite porn genre? Hmm. You go first, so I have an example of like the context, like what, how specific you're getting. My favorite porn genre is I'm I'm just gonna lay it out here because it's it's <laughs> I like weird shit. I like depravity. Like that's what makes me fucking horny. I know. It's like does someone <laughs> does does someone need forty five dollars to like get some crack rock? That's what I like. What? 
<laughs> you want the whole? You want that backstory? My or you I love that backstory. It's not my fucking story. I want that story from someone else. <laughs> my favorite porn fucking genre is gay bukkake, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. Why? <laughs> Because it's like no one is no no dude is doing bukkake for like I love this shit like it's like I'm desperate for fucking dollars I'm gonna <laughs> don't post this at all <laughs> so you, so you you want the raw honesty of someone trying to earn rent yes totally. <laughs> You don't want a mutually a mutually gratifying experience. You want someone to be like, dude, shut up. There's no mutually gratifying experience in pornography. Oh yeah, you're right. But the it's illusion of it. There's no there's no there's no happiness in porn. Right. There's an illusion of it. No, there is not. Not a single porn is like, I love my partner. <laughs> no, it's more like I love this sex. Yeah. No, I don't think anyone ever said that either. <laughs> so this is making it weirder that your screen is black while you're describing this, Brandon. Oh, I'm sorry. Why is it black? There he is. There he goes. There he is. Broadcasting from your Bukaki bunker. Oh man, that's Bukaki another good bunker. band name, Bukaki Bunker. That's also a good Wi-Fi name. Oh, no one's gonna steal that one. No, I don't. but yeah, that's that's my that's my favorite porn. Well, gay bukkake. I don't feel so weird anymore. You don't have to feel weird at all. What's your favorite, Stephen? Uh, pregnant women, huh? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Now I just see Brandon's eyes. I can't see his mouth flapping. I don't know, man. I, it depends on the day. I switch it up. Like sometimes I like a gangbang porn. Sometimes I like an I love sex porn. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have a question. Aren't all porns I love sex porns? No, Are not somebody no. involved. The game no. ones aren't. We just talked about that. Did I tell I you feel guys? Like for one of the guys involved, it's still an I love sex porn. Uh, yeah, I guess it depends on whose perspective you're thinking. So, stop so thinking the, about... the 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 gay bukkake starts off with it's always the same thing. It is some guy comes in, he's just like, I'm from Ohio, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and I can't pay rent this month. Okay, welcome to Los Angeles. <laughs> here is like, here is fucking Thor, and, <laughs> and and you know that that's what I like, Stephen. <laughs> hey, um, did I, Stephen and MC, did I tell you guys about my grandpa's porn VHS we found? Wait. I don't think uh, you did. My uh, dad's this dad passed, passed away a couple weeks ago, Brandon. I don't know if you knew that either. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, thanks. But uh, he had a shoebox in his closet. 
that was like the naughty shoe box. It had like nudie pens in it, a bunch of fo- <laughs> like. It was. It's like this whole house. <laughs> naughty like, shoe box was good. Stephen, I don't know. I don't know if you can see. That. That's a. That's our venue, the naughty shoe box. But this pen has like. <laughs> That's the exact naughty pen that I I was expecting to see. Stephen, I'll close the episode after I tell this goddamn story. <laughs> it's a good story. So we find this um Was I was I wrong to 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 go to the gay bukaki? <laughs> no, you're fine. We, we find this shoebox. Like... And uh inside the the crown jewel of this naughty shoebox was uh a VH a VHS tape and its title is Sugar Pussy Jeans. Ooh. So, so Lois and I brought it home and we watched it. And the premise of the thing is that this guy is an advertising agent for a jeans company called Sugar Pussy and he wants to make an, an ad for it and everyone who tries to make the ad just fucks each other. Anyway, the fun part about... Happens every time. The fun part about this is as we're like fast-forwarding through parts, we uh, it hits like static and we're like... What the hell? This is like the middle of this. Someone, I don't know if it was my grandma or my grandpa, thought that the Sugar Pussy Jeans tape would be a great one to tape an entire episode of Taxi on. (laughs) So there's like 45 minutes of porn, and then I'm not joking, an entire episode, credits to credits, of Taxi starring Andy Kaufman and Danny DeVito, and then the porn starts again. (laughs) Damn. I want to know the mindset of my grandma. I was like, ah, I can't miss this episode of Taxi. What have I got? Sugar Pussy? Yeah! Like, <laughs> like, like what? what so you're instantly blaming your grandma for taping over the porn. Could have been my grandma. Well, I'd like to think that Pap would like to preserve it. Okay. <laughs> they, also, they also had uh, these lurid playing cards. Like, when you get nudie playing cards, they're normally just like, oh, topless ladies, whatever. These are like full dick in mouth penetration like playing cards that's nice buddy we need to have a game night (laughs) (laughs) and they were the round they were the round decks too oh oh okay really weird yeah and uh they used to go to a a country music festival called jamboree in the hills and they had uh apparently they used to drink like fish and get wild and pap had a a small pile of photographs that he'd clearly taken of some of his friends in various states of undress. And I had to like, once I knew, knew what was happening, I had to give the stack away. Cause I was like, if I see my grandma topless in these, I'm not going to be able to look at anything the same again. So I handed the pile away. Probably that's, a smart move. End of that story. Glad you got that off your chest. Yeah. So <laughs> your, your favorite porn is not your grandparents fucking. Yes. Yeah, no, we never we never actually did the full circle. My favorite my favorite genre of porn is the kind with taxi taped in the center of it. <laughs> no, no, shut up. Have it. No, yeah, I'm it's... I'm kind of a I'm kind of a browse the homepage and see what it's offering up as the Justin Lutz, you have yeah. a favorite porn. What would you go for first? Shut up and say it's what your not, favorite porn well, is. Well, it's definitely not gay bukkake. You don't. Uh, hey, you don't have to shame judge. me for. I'm not for shaming. Being I'm not shaming you. I'm not shaming. You're shaming me. You're, you're shaming, shaming me. It felt shaming. pretty shameful. Just, well, just say it. what you're. Say what you're into. No one is into. I'll explore the homepage. 
<laughs> Even with the the uh, comments here via the what is it the conversation the the text message what I don't know. I don't, I don't have Stephen Stephen with Stephen with the comments via the comments <laughs> the Stephen with the chat. the chat and not the actual verbal comments. See, I think I think Justin is into weird fucking porn. I, was I just think you say too. I'm not. I'm not. Just pretty standard, straight ahead. No, no, you're into rougher stuff. He's into rough. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Like it's called animal obliteration. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. No, no shame thrown. I'm gonna watch myself because I got called out for shaming a bit ago. But no, I'm what not. What do you watch? Just say what you watch. You say can't it. say. You What's can't standard? say homepage. You can't say no. standard. There's well, no such what? thing as standard. Ladies and boys. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and boys. What are you, Donald Trump? <laughs> yeah. I think I, think I may be. <laughs> now I'm in the ladies and boys. <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> All right, MC, what are, you, what are you into? Because fucking Square over here is in the ladies and boys. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually sounds worse when you say you're into ladies and boys. I feel better does. saying I'm into gay bukkake than you saying I'm into ladies and boys. Oh yeah, I, I would I would much rather admit to gay bukkake than ladies and boys. Not, but I, go ahead, go ahead, MC. Uh, I'll be it's honest. I honestly don't watch that much porn. I think I got a lot of it out when I was a kid watching all kinds of weird shit. Like uh, there was this one video where these two girls like anally popped each other in the ass with a mini baseball bat. Oh. Yeah, it was weird. And then, oh, like, like one they, of those little things you get from the Orioles game? Yeah, and then they, <laughs> when they pulled it out, the whole, like, what do they oh. call that? Like the, the Pro- prolapsed. anal rose? What are, yeah, it's prolapsed butt, but they, they called it something. Oh. I don't know. They a had good, like a, a name A good time. It. Like, like they, that, yeah, it would all come yeah. out, and then they'd like, the next one would be like, I'll take the other end. And uh, it was all kinds of weird shit. I, if it was the weirdest shit I could think of, I fucking watched it in my younger days. Well, that's a wrap for Two Beats Off. Join us next week with Tanner Jones from You Blew It. Nailed it. Yeah, that was good. You like that? Yeah. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts.